today on Refried Reviews. Pew, 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 pew. Yay! Yay! I think we did this movie already, yeah. but that's okay. Yeah, me, me too. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> oh, welcome back to Refried Reviews. And I'm John. I'm JP. And, uh, yeah, what'd we do, man? So, uh, we were on sort of a car tear for a while as our theme, but we decided that it would probably worth, uh, be worth taking a little departure when the cultural phenomenon of a new Star Wars movie comes yeah. out. Spaceships are like cars. <laughs> and since podcasts are the kind of thing that sometimes people catch up on backwards, I'm not that worried about being the millionth person to talk about it. Absolutely not. Yeah, and since this is sort of, this show is about using our enthusiasm just for fun. Yeah. Why not? And since we like ratings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah so welcome to the the shameless uh ratings grab episode of refried <laughs> reviews um if you're new to this uh please check out our backlog um and please don't hate us for being shills yeah facebook.com slash refried reviews yeah um call us shills <laughs> uh, you can go there and do it <laughs> it's awesome um yeah so so how many times have you seen uh star wars the force awakens uh two and a half interestingly Huh. Uh, I kind of had a flu thing going and couldn't oh, make it through viewing number two. Shit, that sucks, dude. <laughs> it was an experience. So yeah. I, I'll probably know the opening half better than the second half. But... Ah, well, that's good because it's better. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> I also don't feel like it's that complicated. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Oh, I, yeah, I've, I've actually been sick recently, too. I'm sorry to hear that. I um, don't know. Yeah, it's the, it's the holiday illness, man. Everybody's gone down for the count. Yeah. Um, you know, you go... I mean, for those of us who travel to go home, you go back to a strange environment, you pick up there. We're basically all the aliens from war of the worlds at this point <laughs> and you go on a plane both ways yeah yeah the recirculating tube yes <laughs> the recirculating <laughs> tube uh and that that uh that airborne stuff it, it does it does nothing <laughs> teachers uh. don't know health <laughs> <laughs> well some of them teach health <laughs> uh yeah, so uh, so yeah, uh, to, just to start, what 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 do you think the first time? How uh, very well, did, first did we say how many times you saw it? Oh no, no, um, I've seen it twice. Okay, I uh, I saw it at the El Capitan um, on the Friday of opening weekend, and then I saw it uh, Christmas night with my family. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I've only seen it in two D. Have you seen it in three D? I saw it in three D both times. Okay, yeah, I like the biggest screen in the house and the loudest sound system, and mm -hmm. for you know uh, money making purposes, all of those showings are three D and everything theater yeah yeah and i'm i'm willing to sacrifice those two things if i don't have to watch a 3d movie i understand yeah um though you have converted me on mad max free road that was <laughs> that was fucking spectacular we don't need to spend much time on it but i will say i was impressed at how sort of depth window boxy the 3d was i like very so little came out of the screen yeah yeah i mean even like you know ray in the foreground with the lightsaber over her neck it was sort of like she was on the level and the lightsaber poked out a little bit, but he was mostly in the back. I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah that's, that's how you do it. So otherwise, I was happy with how it was handled. Otherwise, eventually, you're going to look down at the border of the screen, <laughs> and you're going to realize that all these people have been chopped apart. Yeah. And it's going to be weird. Yeah, it's like, why is the top of the Millennium Falcon squared off as it does that flip? Yeah. yeah. It's odd. And it does a really <laughs> cool flip. Man, the, the Millennium Falcon does more cool stuff in this movie, maybe, than it does in all of the rest of the trilogy. <laughs> yeah, that's um, 
that's true. Except uh, maybe when it flew into the second Death Star in Jedi. That was that was pretty amazing. That was um, neat. And I mean, flying out of the worm's mouth is hard to beat. It's like an iconic image. Yeah, you know, I, I take that back. The Millennium Falcon is pretty much just badass <laughs> wall to wall. Like the Millennium Falcon is is like this awesome like 70s t-top thunderbird uh in space or something like it's it's like if you could take the bandit's car and then make it you know able to fly in space you'd end up basically with the millennium falcon well it's funny you say that i was just thinking that i like with the you know advanced cg power that these days is fairly infallible for like big solid objects at least yeah um that we can do things like it's draped over with a giant tarp that you know billows away until it tears it like yeah. that kind of stuff is pretty neat That's you awesome. can't quite do with models also did you notice that it has a new radar dish because the old one got knocked off in jedi oh really yeah remember when funny. they're in the death star the, the radar dish gets knocked <laughs> off uh-huh. yeah if you look they have it's a new one it's like a little rectangular radar dish instead of the uh, the old <laughs> circular one it's got spinners yeah at some point you know han and chewie thought to replace that because they gotta you know they gotta be able to communicate um it makes sense um but yeah i saw it twice uh in just in 2d uh yeah what do you think the first time um because that's a that's a that that is a, a weighted viewing, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean it sounds like we we both pretty much saw it the opening day. I think I saw it Thursday night. But gotcha. I mean I'm sure that whole weekend was you know. Yeah, you would beat me to the punch. <laughs> well, I'm just sure that it uh, the whole weekend was the <clears throat> same sold out theater cheering. I would have to imagine. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think we got the same experience, which was uh, you know seemed revelatory for for everyone around. Um, I mean I. I've always liked Star Wars. I liked yeah. it as a kid. It it it's never been my favorite thing in the world. Yeah. So I just sort of was very content to enjoy it. Yeah. I, and by the way, before we go any further, I just thought of this. Uh, it's the, the the podcast is called Refried Reviews. <laughs> New viewers. Uh, basically, what we do is we watch movies more than once. Um, so we'll be talking about spoilers for for a movie. Every every single episode of this podcast is pretty spoiler filled. Everybody, uh, let's all be cool. Um, <laughs> Good point to bring yeah. it up. So spoiler alert for Star Wars: The Force Awakens. We're usually discussing older movies, so we don't usually have to get as out in front of that. Um, but since this is still out there, and there's probably like like eight people who haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Um, cause it's about to destroy avatars record. <laughs> um, which makes me happy because I fucking hate avatar. Yeah. Um, someday we'll get to it. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no, but we would hate watch it. We so rarely do that. <laughs> I mean, it is a long movie to rewatch. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, well, I'll do man of steel before I do that. Uh, um, anyway, uh, yeah. So, spoiler alert. Anyway, yeah. Uh, going back to what you're, you're, you're not the biggest Star Wars fan, but you like it. Yeah, totally. Like I, I was, I knew who all the characters are. I know, you know the story. Your, I've you know seen your it many times. From your <laughs> yeah. That is true. Yeah. Yes, I can attest. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, I was totally into it. I also wasn't attached to it to the point where, like, I heard some people's reactions about, like, finding out that their characters didn't have happy lives, like, really bummed them out. Like, oh. I'm, I'm not that attached to it. Yeah. Um, so I, I found <laughs> you know I was... it's not an interesting movie? Happy lives. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I think I was definitely able to sort of enjoy it for a ridiculous fun movie where I totally knew what the backstory was. Yeah. So I think I was pretty much the perfect demographic for yeah. it. Looking for a fun time and I yeah. had one. There was it was Hootie and Hollery for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh I was I, I, I found myself like in the two weeks leading up to this movie really up on that hype train. Mm-hmm. Um, I purposefully stayed away from the tr- from trailers after a certain point. I love J.J. Abrams' approach to trailers and how they don't really give away much of the plot of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like 
we we I don't think we even knew. Well, we knew that Starkiller Base was a thing just because of the poster and right. because there's a giant planet gun on it. <laughs> so you kind of knew that was going to be a thing. <clears throat> um, excuse me. Um, but you didn't really know. Uh, I think I knew that like Finn was a deserter stormtrooper, and I knew that Ray was a scavenger, and I knew that they were. I think I read a synopsis that they were going to find BB-8 and then need to go. And BB-8 had an important thing, and uh-huh. they needed to go uh, bring BB-8 to the to the resistance. And I wasn't really sure what the resistance was. Um, but yeah, I I I just took Star Wars to the face. Um, and I actually, I'll probably talk about this a lot over the course of the podcast, but I actually really liked it better the second time. Hmm. Um, uh, a big part of that was because my first viewing experience was very like trying to catch it all and just take as much of it in as I could. And, uh, I do think this movie's a little overstuffed. Yeah, I can um, see that. There's, there's kind of too much crap going on. Um, <laughs> and I have specific things I would cut. Um, mm-hmm. in order to make room for character moments. Um, but, you know, they don't make these movies for people like me. <laughs> and I understand that. <laughs> um, but yeah, they uh, it's, it's a little bit overstuffed, which meant that the second time I watched it, since I had been able to follow, you know, 99% of it before, I was able to catch the details I missed the first time, and I was able to kind of let the movie breathe in my head a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it, 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 it came off as a much more competent film rather than this big jam-packed like you know overstuffed closet full of star wars ideas <laughs> um it was it was much easier the second time to see what the movie was trying to be about mm-hmm. um which is the same thing star wars has always been about which is about legacy and uh uh yeah legacy um as interesting as i think it is now to hear people's opinion of uh, oh i've never seen star wars and this is their first one yeah uh, I would be interesting, uh, interested to hear the contrast of watching it with a theater full of people cheering when the thing happens. Yeah. They're like, oh, that's clearly a fan favorite thing, and, and I'm supposed to be happy to see it, yeah. versus someone at home like who's never seen it and just turns it on. Yeah. I wonder exactly how different that experience is. I bet seeing it at home is going to be very different from seeing it in any theater. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the second time I saw it, I saw it in a multiplex in a small town in Louisiana, so there wasn't a whole lot of hooting and hollering. Like one of the things I like about seeing movies in LA is we cheer and we clap at the end of the movie. Uh-huh. Um, like that's cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's important. And like this movie in particular, like got it wasn't just fan service cheers. Like when Han and Chewie showed up, everybody cheered. But the biggest pop of the night for me was uh, when uh, Ray force pulls the lightsaber into her hand. Mm-hmm. Like people freaked the fuck out um and that was a great fake out in the advertising it was a much subtler version of what jj tried to do with the whole like he's totally not con Uh thing um because all the posters had finn holding the lightsaber yeah and even the trailer had finn holding the lightsaber and he never said finn's the jedi in this movie he just cut it and like that's all true finn totally holds a lightsaber he's not great at it it's probably part of the reason they made it such a hero shot of like the pulling on him pulling yeah. it open so they could misdirect with it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it was, I mean, they got me. Yeah. Um, of course, once, once Ray I knew very little it. about what this movie is, to your point. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, it was cool. So I guess, uh, you, you want to, you want to take us through it? Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So there's a crawl, which I feel like is something pretty cool that they get to get away with that not yeah. a lot of movies can without it seeming like, yeah, you know, it seems kind of lazy. Yeah. As opposed to if they cut the crawl, I'm sure there would have been a mutiny in the theater. Yeah. As, no, you can't do a Star Wars movie without the crawl. I think they can do the spinoffs they're planning on without a crawl. Right. Like Rogue One doesn't need a crawl. I'll I'll be bothered if those movies have a crawl. 
Um, because I would like it if the mainline Star Wars movies kind of stayed special. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that would be cool. Do you think they will limit it to nine and just try and grow the universe enough to self-sustain? No. Yeah, I I figure not. (laughs) No, absolutely not. (laughs) Um, They're gonna. They they spent four billion dollars on this, Mm -hmm. and they're on track to make right now. I mean, I'm not not counting merchandising or anything. Just in ticket sales, they're probably gonna make uh, one and a half billion off of this one movie. The merchandising is estimated at five billion. For okay. This, for this movie by the end of next year, yeah. uh, I'm sure that's you know revenue and not profit. But yeah. holy shit! Yeah, it's huge. But that only barely pays for just having bought the right to do this, right? And not any of the actual production. Mm-hmm. I mean, Han, I almost called him Han Solo. Harrison Ford made 34.7 <laughs> million dollars on this movie. <laughs> Did he? I knew yeah. it was pretty enormous. Yeah, and he finally got to kill Han. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 35 years of trying you finally did it you son of a bitch i felt like that softened the blow when it happened in theaters because yeah. i was immediately chuckling to myself wondering whether it was his idea or if the studio was like this is how we'll get him <laughs> <laughs> i think everybody kind of saw the writing on the wall <laughs> that this was how it would work right um yeah so so it starts with a crawl and uh it, it begins with 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 a crazy uh declaration uh Luke Skywalker has vanished. Oh, yes, yes. So He's uh, gone! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're given surprisingly little information about what they've been doing in the interim, but we know that Leia is a general now, and uh, she's basically sent her best pilot from the Resistance uh, to help obtain information, because there's a piece of a map somehow... <laughs> That is uh, <laughs> going to lead us. We're going to talk Skywalker. a lot about this fucking map. <laughs> I, 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 I still maintain this is a good movie. Um, it is not a great movie. No. <laughs> um, shit like this map is the reason why. <laughs> well, the, I think it, it brings to mind that Star Wars has always been sort of more Western adventure than sci-fi. Like, this this doesn't pass scientific muster on any level. I mean, I'm not even concerned about scientific <laughs> muster, man. I'm concerned about who made the fucking map. Uh-huh. Like, so, so the idea is that there's I'm just a, saying your MacGuffins are looser <laughs> in true. other genres. It's true. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, so the whole idea is that Luke has vanished and that uh, someone on this planet, Jakku, um, ha- played by Max von Sydow for yep. some reason, um, <laughs> has a map to him, but the map is incomplete. So who fucking made the map, man? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't really clear why he had the part of the map or, I mean, the... When you say for some reason, I think this is the beginning of sort of you have your uh, A New Hope checklist, if not original trilogy checklist. And it's old man in the desert, that's a respected actor, check. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing we're going to keep returning to, guys, is that uh, and you're, if, if you've been reading about The Force Awakens, this is probably not the first place you're going to hear this, <laughs> but uh, it's almost A New Hope. Yeah. Um, there is a uh, plucky droid who ends up stranded on a desert planet. There's a... Uh, he makes friends with a desert simpleton yeah. <laughs> who yearns for more <laughs> um they have to go find han solo to get off the planet <laughs> like specifically han solo <laughs> um and then uh then there's a daring escape from a big ass battle station and and a trench run there's yeah. a straight up trench run <laughs> that that bugs me um <laughs> you have a foreign actor as the general yeah. delivering fun demands yeah commands rather <laughs> I mean, depending on how tight you think his grip is on his army, they could just be demands. Um, but yeah, so so Poe uh, Poe Dameron, the the badass pilot. What did you think of Poe, by the way? Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch the two of them. I thought, yeah, like uh, Poe and who? 
uh, and Finn eventually. Oh, okay, Sorry, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they end up in a cockpit together, which I feel like is where a lot of the Star Wars magic happens. Yeah. Is sort of yelling to the back of frame and yes. cutting between two people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I liked Poe in general. I think he's he's a type of character. He's he's kind of a Luke Han synthesis in a really cool way. Hmm. You know who he is? He's that guy you went to high school with who was the star of the football team, but still hung out with the punk rock kids. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. Like he's the popular kid who's still really cool. Um, I've seen headlines, but haven't you know read any more that some people are speculating he could be Star Wars first gay character. <laughs> Do you think that's just wildly throwing that out there? Or? I would love that. Uh-huh. Um, that that would be fantastic. Did you see the meme frame grab that uh, no. it made me laugh? It was uh, it was when uh, they see each other again. Yeah, and it's a freeze frame of Poe, and it's uh, I I just want someone to look at me like Poe looks at Finn in his jacket, <laughs> but it's like a freeze frame of him like biting his lip and his eye is halfway closed. <laughs> they yeah. do seem awfully friendly. Yeah, I I I'd kind of like it if those two got together. Yeah, you know the galaxy is an uncertain place. You like <laughs> like you know I think they both deserve some happiness, um, especially Finn. I mean, come on, like Poe Poe, you get the feeling. Like he can pretty much fuck whoever he wants, right? Um, but Finn, Finn, Finn needs that man. Um, well, Finn needs some tenderness in his life. <laughs> While we're talking about Poe and Finn, one of the things that I didn't notice till the second time through is that uh, Poe kills Finn's buddy, who then you know uh, puts his hand up and wipes the blood across his stormtrooper face. Hey, yeah, I didn't <laughs> think about that. I, I did think that was sort of an interesting, yeah. like. I'm sure that's just a neat thing to connect the shots, <laughs> but in some movies that would be like a movie two revelation of yeah, like, like by I the thought way, we I, were friends, Jesus I, Christ. Yeah, it's true. So, th- so yeah, that's that's kind of what goes down here is uh, Poe is down in this little uh, simple like you know desert folk village talking to Max von Sydow, and Max von Sydow. It's the first line of the movie. This will begin to make things right, <laughs> which a lot of people have speculated is an apology for the prequels, sure, <laughs> um, which I love. But he hands him what we turn what we find out later is a map to luke skywalker um <laughs> he's living in a teepee holding on to a key that's a piece <clears throat> of a space map yes <laughs> a key that's a piece of a space map <laughs> um and then uh then we get the the appearance of the villains uh the first order now i, I want to kind of take a step back here and talk about kind of like the geopolitics of the galaxy at this point because mm-hmm. that's something that i thought the movie did not go into to my satisfaction yeah, there's a lot of hand waving with yeah. sort of the background to all this. Yeah, like it was because the, the 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 in the original trilogy, like I'm not asking to like know like how the voting process in the Senate works. <laughs> I don't give a shit about that. But like I knew kind of what the shape of the galaxy was in the original in original trilogy. There's a thing called the Empire. They control the galaxy. Everybody's pretty unhappy about it, and they're dicks. And there's a plucky <laughs> group of rebels <clears throat> trying to take them the fuck out. Yeah, got it. Um, so I, and I've, I've read some like, you know, ancillary stuff. So I have a pretty good idea of kind of how things shook out to get us to, 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 uh, force awakens. But like, what, what in your mind is the shape of the galaxy at this point? Like, what does it look like politically? Well, let, let me just ask quickly, um, the character of Maz mentions like, I've seen the Sith and I've seen the empire and now I've seen the first order was, I guess I sort of thought that the Empire just grew out of the Sith. Was that more of a downfall and then completely rising up? Like, is this the third camel hump? Mm. Or was the Empire just kind of the Sith 
growing. Well, the Sith were uh, were an army like thousands of years ago, oh, um, okay. or beforehand. Like that's uh-huh. like you know you know the game Knights of the Old Republic. Uh-huh. It's like in there. Oh, okay. Um, and that's the reason that supposedly the reason there can only be two Sith at a time now, mm-hmm. which is silly. <laughs> um, is that when they had a whole army of them, they were all such dicks that they just killed each other. Ah. Um, huh. Which I still don't buy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's why now. I mean, I mean, it's covered in, unfortunately, it's covered in the prequels um, mm-hmm. that the, the Empire happened because um, Chan- uh, Senator, then Chancellor, then Emperor Palpatine <laughs> um, engineered a trade dispute uh, on Naboo as a sort of proxy war to get people to join a separatist droid army. Um, and he kind of basically created this group of separatists who wanted to break away from the Old Republic so that he could militarize the Old Republic further. Um, build a clone mm. army and then play both sides against the middle. Basically, he knew that if he engineered a war, he could get more power. I see. And then he used that to turn the Repu- the old republic into an empire. Ah, uh, um, that's where it came from. I see. There's there's a cool version of that story. George Lucas didn't. Make it. <laughs> yeah, it's it was like, hard not to glaze over yeah. during a lot of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand that what I just said is probably the most boring thing that's ever been said on this podcast. <laughs> but I do like real quick. I do want to say like there's a cool version of that where the Phantom Menace is showing like the first step in an elaborate chess game. Mm-hmm. Instead of like imagine imagine. Well, I mean, if it had like a House of Cards punch up. Yeah, like that would be that. That's what he's doing. He's House of Cardsing the fucking old republic. That's awesome. Uh-huh. Um, it is not what we were shown, but yeah. it's a cool idea. Like, oh yeah, I'll fund this rebel faction um, and get them to start shooting at people. Uh, basically, I'm gonna I'm gonna fund terrorism. Um, it's a. It's, I mean, it's the same thing people accuse George W. Bush of when they say that 9/11 was an inside job. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm gonna fund terrorists so that I can beef up the military and get a whole bunch of emergency powers, and then I'll be the ruler of everything. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of like Watchmen Light to get people to unite under him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's that's where the Empire came from. Huh. And uh, to fill everybody in, I guess uh, who didn't take the time to read the Wikipedia entries for the novels, Star Wars Aftermath and a couple of others. Basically, what happened after um, after the Battle of Yavin Four in Jedi, um, where they blew up the second Death Star. Um, the Empire cracked down even harder on Coruscant and all these other worlds, but the uh, but the rebel uh, the rebellion fought them farther and farther back into uh, the the outer rim territories and out of the center of the galaxy. The rebellion formed the New Republic, which was led by, if you remember her, Mon Mothma from mm-hmm. Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, the mini Bothans died to bring us this information, lady, <laughs> and she. Uh, uh, kind of ran the civilian government while Leia ran the army. Um, which let's talk about how Bechtel this movie is for a second um, and how happy that how cool that is. Yeah. That like these two ladies just sort of ran roughshod over an evil empire. Um, and so what happened was the reason Jakku has all these like uh, downed uh, Star Destroyers and, and AT-ATs and shit on it is that was the last battle of the war. Basically, mm. uh, the Empire was getting their dicks knocked in the dirt, <laughs> and they just needed to put some points on the board. So they picked this inconsequential backwater, and they were like, we're going to take back Jakku like, so we can just have a planet. Mm-hmm. And they tried, and it, it just they just got riggedy, riggedy wrecked, son, <laughs> um, to the point where they had, to, they had a Super Star Destroyer in orbit, and they crashed it into the planet rather than let it fall into enemy hands. Wow. Um, and then after that... They, <laughs> so was Jakku a nice planet? Because I imagine... <laughs> 
Uh, that's no. like a pretty big asteroid type impact. It is. Uh, <laughs> no, it was a shitty planet before. Uh-huh. Um, they crashed it gently, uh-huh. um, and then they uh, after that the uh, the Empire signed a treaty to demilitarize, and they sort of relegated themselves to a couple of worlds, and then renamed themselves the First Order. Hmm. And they've been kind of over here while Mon Mothma and the New Republic have demilitarized, but are still secretly funding this resistance because Leia's over there going like, "They're still the fucking Empire, guys." Like, <laughs> Like, look at their flag. It's the same old flag with just extra spokes. Uh-huh. Like, who do they think they're fooling? <laughs> um, anyway, I am, like, I, I I get all that, but there's very little of that in this movie. Mm-hmm. And that bugs me. I um, mean, the, the <clears> hand-waving <throat> is never bigger than the... So, is the New Republic gone? Like, is that yeah. what we just saw? Because you seem intent to move on really fast without yeah, explaining it. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that scene when we get there. But that, <laughs> yeah. I think, is the weakest part of this movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so BB-8 gets away with the, lo- with, uh, the map, um, mm-hmm. and Poe gets captured. Oh, and we meet, we meet Kylo Ren, who is probably my favorite villain in Star Wars ever now. Nice. Like, I love Vader, uh-huh. but I think Kylo Ren is a much more interesting character. Mm-hmm. Um, Mainly because Hayden Christensen ruined Vader for me. Um, I mean, Vader's cool, but, like, we've seen so many calm, collected, icy villains. And, like, one who just, like, can't keep it together Uh is so dangerous and interesting and cool. Well, it it also feels a little bit like the uncontrolled rage that Vader was supposed to have in the prequels. Yeah. But sort of done more deftly in a way that comes off. I mean, he's still whiny, but he comes off as dangerous whiny. Yeah, and, and not that's whiny, so cool. whiny. <laughs> like, yeah, this this guy shouldn't be in charge of shit. Like, mm-hmm. he's he's going to destroy himself and everything around him pretty quickly. He's 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 just a big old dumpster fire of a human being. Uh, <laughs> I I love him so much. <laughs> I, I thought like in that initial scene, he stops a laser blast in midair, which I thought that was kind of a clever move of showing that he is very powerful. But it's sort of like maybe he's just not as good at directing it. Yeah. Like, but he he can do some crazy shit. That was like this awesome. thing that we've never seen in the movies yeah. before. And I uh, he as as everybody probably knows he has a cross guard lightsaber. <laughs> um, and there was a whole lot of you know back and forth about that. I was actually reading. I read some some online thing from like you know somebody scanned one of like the companion books uh, for this, like the diagrams of all the cool shit in the movie. Uh-huh. And uh, it made a point that I didn't know that those aren't. Cross- Cross guards, they're vents. Um, the reason huh. is the crystal in his lightsaber is cracked and shitty, and it's a poorly constructed lightsaber. Huh. And the only way he can get it to hold together is by having these side vents <laughs> um, that just sort of let some of this extra power out, which is why it's so like crackly and weird as, yeah, opposed, yeah. To ever, as opposed to like Luke's lightsaber, which, you know, looks like a lightsaber. That was a clever visual cue to sort of barely in control. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I like his lightsaber way more now that I know that. Yeah, the I thought that the sword play was neat, sort of yeah. maneuvering that around, uh, but uh, jabbing Finn's shoulder with it was, yeah. as far as I could tell, it was like ah, that's where it comes into play in yeah. a pretty important way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was really really cool. I've watched a lot of people, you know, put their lightsaber on the other person's and just push harder and harder and see who can push hardest. But if you have that extra spike to jam in, yeah, that's pretty handy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good move. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, BB-8 escapes, and then then we meet uh, who turns out to be our Luke, uh, yeah. Ray, um, who's a plucky adventurer, uh, <laughs> well, plucky scavenger, um, who lives inside of a downed AT-AT walker, which is <laughs> awesome. And we kind of just watch her shitty life for a little while. Yeah, it's 
really subsistence living. Yeah, well, we get the feeling that, like, the, that huge battle that I talked about was kind of the best thing that ever happened to this planet. Because <laughs> now everybody just scavenges the junk from all these Imperial wrecks and sells them to Simon Pegg in a fat suit. Um, <laughs> was that him? That was Simon that. Pegg, yeah. That's awesome. Um, and, yeah, she just lives inside of an ATAT, eating, like, weird puffed up biscuit shit (laughs) (laughs) fighting for portions is a pretty funny way to put it like it sounds even more dehumanizing than gruel or something yeah yeah this is worth one half portion (laughs) the fact that it's called a portion is yeah that's 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 some that's some orwellian shit (laughs) it makes you feel like you're topping off the tank Mm. yeah it's real bad (laughs) um i like everything about this sequence like i felt like this was jj abrams announcing to us like okay we're doing it practical again guys Mm-hmm. Don't worry. It's not going to be a wall of CG. Like I, I recently uh, I saw a uh, two BTS photos, one from Force Awakens and one from Attack of the Clones compared, and it was the arena battle in Attack of the Clones where all the <laughs> Jedi are fighting the droid army. Uh-huh. And if you look at the behind the scenes picture, it's just like... Looks like Sin City. <laughs> it's just a whole bunch of Jedi waving, uh, guys dressed as Jedi waving sticks around, uh-huh. and basically making like Natalie Portman just like making pew pew sounds. Um, <laughs> and there's no, nothing there. And then you look down at like the forest battle at the end of this movie, and it's uh, you know it's Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley like in, on a soundstage, but in a forest that they <laughs> built on a soundstage. Yeah, and it looks it it looks like what you saw on the screen, and that. That shines through here in such a huge way. Like I feel like the the thing that really announced it is such a little thing. After Ray leaves the Star Destroyer on her speeder, she speeds by this like bird thing mm-hmm. that's just pecking, and it gets right oh, in the yeah, foreground, yeah. and it's clearly a puppet. <laughs> and I, I I loved that. I also want to say at this point that I think this is the best shot Star Wars movie. Um, hmm. The camera work is really really good, both in terms of like. The way the camera's used to tell the story, and also just finding good artsy shots. Yeah. Um, like, there's there's some real good stuff there. It had, it has fun with the nostalgia with some of the uh, the wipes that they use with disappearing in smoke yeah. and things like that. I'm so glad they're still using wipes. Uh, <laughs> it's not Star Wars if there aren't weird wipes. And you, you noticed the bird puppet. Mine was, uh, I think it's when BB-8 is uh, headed away from you know the village being exterminated yeah. in the beginning there's like an alien that pops out of the sand oh yeah and it's totally like stiff and and turns 90 degrees while sinking back in yeah. and it totally looks fake but looks like something from a new hope yeah like, it looks it looks like a thingy on a stick with some lights in it <laughs> and that's probably what it was yeah <laughs> yeah i think it's it's also a smart approach where maybe lord of the rings was the first one where it's sort of like we can do Gollum well enough that he's a believable side character. Yeah. But making BB-8, designing it so it is a physical object, seems like because the characters are going to interact with this a lot, so it's important that it be there. So I wonder if it's sort of a backlash in that, where it not only is it what will look best, uh, CG versus non-CG, but sort of what the actors will have to work with, becoming more of a primary concern. And, you know, it's, it's worth noting that this isn't the same thing as, like, building like half of the t-rex from jurassic park and then using the cg one from the wides like Mm -hmm. they just built the droid like (laughs) it is the thing like if you can just build the thing that you that's in your brain like why not just do it you know uh that is exactly bb-8 and i'm sure disney is thrilled that because they designed it working 
it's step one of converting it to toys. Yeah. $1,000 down to $30, depending on the features they port over from the real one. Oh, yeah. I mean, they can have that thing rolling around in the park, you know, just like greeting people. Like, they did it with Wally for Mm -hmm. a little while. Um, I'm sure they can do it with BB-8. I did read a tweet from Neil deGrasse Tyson, though, pointing out that because he's a smooth sphere, um, BB-8 would skid uncontrollably on the sands of Jakku. Um, (laughs) Like, the physics doesn't work out. But shut up. It's got... There are space wizards in this. I've heard the Fury Road driving is like, you have to be really careful when driving on sand like that (laughs) it does not make it easier that you can tumble around (laughs) yeah no 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 no. um but again there are space wizards in this with laser swords so (laughs) shut up neil the force yeah the force (laughs) it's uh yeah we'll we'll get to my favorite line in the movie (laughs) yeah Um, um so yeah, meanwhile, uh, the, one of those stormtroopers, Finn, that we mentioned, has kind of gone, uh, he started to have a crisis of conscience, kind of for no reason. Um, I guess because yeah. he saw his friend get shot. And had he been in combat before that? It's not really clear, but yeah. it, it sort of seems like it's probably his first battle. I would have liked a line uh-huh. saying, like, it's your first time in combat. Because like, if this is just, like, you know, year six... And he's like, you know what? Actually, fuck this. Ah, it's weak. <laughs> I think that's that's probably why that that the strongest implication is that like he couldn't even pull the trigger once at the beginning. Yeah, is like I don't I don't think that would happen on his fifth run out necessarily. Yeah, yeah it's true. Um, but you know, give us a line. Yeah, like a <laughs> line. Yeah, um, would have been nice. So he uh, decides he needs to escape uh, with Poe mainly because he's not a pilot and Poe is. Uh huh. Um, I really really like Finn. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of like his just like, I just want to get the fuck out of here. Ness. <laughs> um, I think that's cool. I do have some issues with how his character evolves in the second act. And I think there's a lot about him that doesn't work. And there's a lot of it that smells like reshoots. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that when it gets there. But, uh, basically he and Poe escape in a, in a thrilling whiz bang, uh, adventure and then they end up getting shot down in the desert, and Finn assumes that Poe is dead mm-hmm. um, because his uh, their Tie Fighter that they commandeered crashed. And then Finn begins his long journey through the desert to get to uh, the same outpost where Ray and BB-8 are. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think the <laughs> one thing I noticed is this this movie seems. Uh, maybe as it should be more worried about uh really cool visuals and stuff than yeah. uh how practical this stuff is where like when finn lands in the desert the smoke is coming from like six dunes away down the sunset yeah and then it's sort of him walking up to it and it being semi on fire and him like poe are you there it's yeah like, oh so that happened like the six hours later when he arrived yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. no it definitely looked miles away and that <laughs> that bugged me um, so i mean i appreciate the sort of every shot is a painting kind of thing but yeah. there there are times when it's like oh this this movie's more worried about being pretty than making a lot of sense yeah that's that's true um <laughs> it is and that is that is a problem for me um like dial it back we'll you can still have like 80 percent of your prettiness mm-hmm um, just make sense. Um, <laughs> just fucking make sense. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is going to come back when later Finn just shows up. Uh, or not Finn, uh, Poe. Poe, yeah. yeah. And he's like, JK, I'm fine. <laughs> um, even though, like, we saw the TIE fighter that he was in get sucked into the d- sand and then, like, explode, <laughs> um, which was awesome. I liked that. The implication of, like, giant, of there's, like, dune worms here. Um, and they eat TIE fighters. Yeah. That was something. I mean, yeah. I, as far as I know, quicksand is not really a thing. 
so that's another one where I'm not sure. Like that would take some awfully magic properties. Yeah, quicksand. Like quicksand is a thing. Um, I mean, not the not, way it's portrayed. <laughs> you don't need to be that concerned about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> like because what I've read is uh, quick science lesson on quicksand, guys. <laughs> um, because of the the chemical and physical makeup of the human body, the worst thing that's likely to happen to you in quicksand is you'll sink down to about your waist or stomach, mm-hmm. um, depending on how lean you are. And but you're not gonna like it's not gonna suck you in or anything. Right. That's not what it does. And I've heard it's like it's incredibly rare to hit that magic density in a large enough pocket for anything to really happen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> for um, a TIE fighter sized pocket. Yes. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. It was a it was a pretty cool shot though. It was great. And I mean even even and you just, don't know about alien planets. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, don't act like you do. <laughs> well, I mean, in even the the size of the explosion <laughs> that happens right next to Finn, again, is like Physics doesn't work that way. Yeah, that he's fine and yeah. not knocked off his feet. Yeah, that doesn't. I'll work. go with it because it's yeah. a neat shot. Yeah, and now now we've got this guy that we're following, um, and he's I mean he's a guy that we've never followed before in uh, in in Star Wars. I mean the the the, the original trilogy uh, used stormtroopers as mindless thugs, mm-hmm. and the prequels like literally dehumanized them. <laughs> um, and I do like the throwaway line of like ah oh, we should have gone back to using clones. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, at one point uh, that that's cool. Um, this did probably occur to me as the the biggest different thing. Yeah, of, like sort of even giving a. Phasma, like a personality, sort of delving a little deeper onto the the evil side of the mechanics of how this works. Yeah, like how how does evil incorporated come together? Um, what's your org chart? <laughs> I like that. Um, so yeah, Finn finds uh, f- finds Ray, and he had been told by Poe that he was looking for an orange and white droid, which was why they had to go back to Jakku after po- after Finn said, "No, let's just leave. Mm-hmm. We can just be done. Like, why would anyone continue to be in this? <laughs> um, the galaxy's huge. It's a galaxy. Just find a planet." Make a life. He spends a good amount of this movie trying to just get away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so he ends up back on Jakku, and then he sees uh, the little droid that Poe was looking for. And I guess, like, at this point, we're supposed to believe that he, because his friend who helped him uh, is presumably dead, um, he's feeling like he needs to kind of continue that guy's quest. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems to be his motivation, right? Uh, yeah, and I mean, I think to a degree, it's kind of... Uh if he's coming from being a clone and he doesn't want to do or not being a clone, but you know, being a mindless warrior and doesn't want to do that anymore. And sort of, he lived a real life for 10 minutes, met one dude, heard one story kind of like, what else is he going to do? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and I, at this point he, he sees someone is trying to steal BB eight from Ray and he almost goes over there to help her. And then, uh, Ray just kicks their asses. Uh-huh. Um, which is a great like. Oh no, this is this is not how this this is not how we're doing this. Um, <laughs> like the movie is like it it has a little bit of politics on its mind um, mm-hmm. in terms of how it's telling you like no like Ray is not a damsel yeah. like she she's the hero guys um, <laughs> and like even in, during this scene when you know uh, Finn meets Ray and he lies about being in the resistance so that she'll help him get off the planet. Um, which I guess, you know, I'm, I'm kind of talking myself into liking something in the second act better <laughs> as we're going. Because, like, I'm realizing that a lot of what he does is just motivated by a desire to escape. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he lies about being in the resistance. And, like, you you could maybe read that as uh, him not wanting to, like, get the droid back to the resistance. It's just him wanting to uh, get away. Yeah, and I, I mean, still it... think it's a weak beat in the second <laughs> act when he runs away. Uh-huh. 
well, I mean, even in in how he gets entangled in the adventure, yeah. is he he is just sort of he was on his way to rescuing Ray, and then BB-8 spots that he's wearing Poe's jacket. Oh, so yeah. then he runs as she chases him, and then she knocks him down, and then he's sort of that's right. in the chase. Yeah, so it is sort of like. Uh, he's in the thick of it and just thinking on his feet, I guess would be one way to look at it. Yeah, That's sort of yeah. why he goes along with this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then, uh, then the empire shows up, starts bombing them. And then I love how he keeps, again, the, this movie has politics on its mind. <laughs> he keeps grabbing Ray's hand and she's like, why are you doing that? <laughs> like, Stop it. <laughs> yeah. I, I would think it was on the nose if this movie wasn't sort of in an important position and directed largely at kids and things like that. Yeah. 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 Like, it's not the most subtle effect, but I'm glad glad it's there yeah me too and they don't like they don't harp on it so much that it uh that it becomes you know cloying or anything it's there we all know it and then we can move on to just telling a cool story with this (laughs) awesome character yeah um because you don't what you don't want is to watch a whole movie about like see she sure is empowered isn't she like no just like feels like pandering (laughs) yeah it feels it feels it feels didactic at that point you what you want is to just go is just make a strong female character and then just go let her do cool shit like everybody else gets to (laughs) and like we'll get it like she's a badass (laughs) um She's oh god she she just whips Kylo Ren's ass at the end of this and it's awesome. <laughs> um, so yeah they uh th- this is when I was talking about how good the camera is at telling the story here. Um this is the scene I was talking about where they're running away to get to a ship and uh and Ray's explaining that she's an amazing pilot. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um <laughs> something something Beggar's Canyon. Yeah. <laughs> um and they uh and they, they, they run by, and uh, Finn says, what about that ship? And off camera, she looks and says, that's garbage. Then the ship they were running where gets blown up. And she says, okay, we'll take the garbage. And we pan over, <laughs> and it's the Millennium fucking Falcon. Yay! Yeah, and it's awesome. But if you look at a previous shot, we had already panned past the Falcon. Uh-huh. It's just blurry. Uh, it's just, <laughs> we did this whip pan to follow them, and like the Falcon's definitely there. Uh-huh. Um, and I love that like it wasn't being that deliberately like concealed from us mm-hmm. they didn't have to like go into a warehouse and open a door and reveal it it was just there <laughs> we just weren't pointing the camera that way well something I, something i heard recently was the um oh you know the like the first scene with han solo when they're running around and the uh, the raft tars get out yeah and someone's like harrison ford running from a giant ball <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah. I get the feeling that this is a very Easter eggy movie once people start pulling it apart and the Blu-ray is out and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, Wrath Tars are basically just boulders with teeth. Um, and also tentacles. Like a lot of tentacles. Yeah. Um yeah, they're scary. <laughs> I'm hauling Wrath Tars. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Han. Um, we used to have a bigger crew. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like this a lot. Um, <laughs> Say bold Todd. Yeah. So they, they hop in the Millennium Falcon and they start it up and it's awesome. It's immediately awesome. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 it should be pointed out that like this is the first time we've spent with anything from the original trilogy other than I don't even know. Yeah, we do uh know that it is a map to Luke Skywalker. Um, because right. oh yeah, we do get that great moment when when Finn and Ray are talking, where she, where Finn knows and he says like, oh, this is a map to Luke Skywalker, and Ray's like, I thought he was a myth, mm-hmm. like, and now we we're hearing like the relationship between the original trilogy people and our new guys, which uh, you know, it's 
I want to think a lot about how like this movie parses that information out to you and how we're kind of in the shoes of Ray and Finn and learning this stuff. Like, cause what we all kind of anticipated when we were kids thinking about the happily ever after is that like Leia would run the new Republic and Han would be her husband and probably like a Senator, or a general or something. Mm-hmm. And then Luke would run a new Jedi Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out that that's kind of what happened for a minute. Right. And this is uh, this line, Luke Skywalker, I thought he was a myth, is our first indication that, like, it didn't go well. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't even been that long. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been, like, 30 years. Uh-huh. Um, and that's awesome. Like, that's a cool idea to... First of all, it's a cool idea that Happily Ever After just didn't happen for these people mm-hmm. because they're flawed. Um, and it's a cool idea to kind of, I think, parse that information out. I, I take issue with some of the choices they make in the part. I mean, how did you feel about that? Like... That that the way they kind of deal with not just the geopolitics, but like the continuing story of these characters and, and, and the gap. I thought that probably the most important piece maybe of this whole thing was casting the young leads. Like, I think yeah. all the new characters are great. Yeah. In a movie where you sort of expect to go in like, oh, the, you know, all the callbacks and seeing the actors in the outfits again is what's yeah. going to bring me joy. So I thought that was that was really smart structuring the new characters as smart before uh, as you know fun people to watch yeah. before introducing much of sort of uh, you know folding it back into the existing yeah. universe. I thought that was a really smart way to deal with it. And in terms of spreading history, I think having it be across planets is an interesting idea. Yeah. Where it's like this entire world could have a different idea of how things went. Yeah, <laughs> sort of I guess an extreme version of you know. Uh, how different countries view revolutionary wars after the fact and yeah, things like yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh yeah, there's the, 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 it's 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 a cool idea. I mean, did you feel like they were like the film itself was effective at kind of spooling that stuff out for us? Uh yeah, I mean I, I think a lot of people were taken aback at sort of how how dark it was for a lot of yeah. them, sort of that it did fall apart quickly. Um I thought this movie just moves so fast. There's not yeah. a lot of time to absorb anything in particular. Yeah. So kind of as you were saying, the first viewing was taking it all in. Like I don't remember having a lot of uh sort of time to think about much of this. You're yeah. just sort of taking in the information. Um I mean, I in general, I thought it was a good idea just to focus on the new characters sort of throughout and to make the the older actors more ancillary in general. Yeah. And have that it be sort of fabled stories. Yeah, it definitely was a smart choice to make us spend upwards of an hour with the new people before the old folks showed up. Mm-hmm. Like, a, I think a lesser filmmaker would have reversed that. And started like with Leia saying like I need to send you my crack pilot so we could start the movie off with a big cheer mm-hmm. um, and seeing you know General Leia and then we'd cut to Poe Dameron and he'd go do something and then be like I need to call assistance hey Han Solo <laughs> um, and then he'd show up and then we'd gradually introduce more new characters and then you know start picking off the old ones right um, and like, then start with the comfort food and then hand off would yeah. feel like the easy way to do it yeah and and this movie's really smart in that it doesn't do that. Um, but yeah, they, but it does do is put, put these new kids in the fucking millennium Falcon for an (laughs) awesome, awesome chase. Like this, this, this whole sequence is so smart. Um, like it's not just a big old crazy action. Look what the Falcon can do thing. (laughs) Like we're dealing with Ray figuring out how to pilot this thing. Finn figuring out that he's kind of a good gunner, which is cool. Um, because this is the second time he's done that. The first time being back in that tie fighter. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then he has to deal with uh, getting his gun, you know, pinged so it's locked in position. Now they have an interesting problem to solve, and they solve it in a fucking badass way. <laughs> um, they, they, they cut a giant flip, and then, uh, then they blow up the second TIE fighter. And I love the little detail after they blow up the first one of all the desert scavengers just sort of swarming onto it. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't remember if I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, when the first one goes down, as soon as it, like, comes to rest, just these people come out of the sand, <laughs> and they start just picking it apart to, nice. take, to take its parts. Um, that's great. I thought it was clever backstory that she spends all day scavenging this stuff Mm -hmm. that it makes the flight. I mean, I don't know about believable, but like she intimately knows the inside shape of that star destroyer. Yeah. And also some explanation of, she seems to know her way around pretty well in act three. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought that was sort of a clever plant of that. She spends all her time hanging out in a star destroyer and in an ATAT walker. Yeah. So of course she would know, you know, where where shit is, right. where, where the bathrooms are, <laughs> and that you can climb down this wall here and then make yeah. your way through this vent or whatever. By the way, uh, everybody, I'm really sorry. I keep coughing and stuff. I'm still getting over that cold. So if you if you bear with me, I promise to be uh, less hacky in the uh, in every sense in the next episode. Um, yeah. So so they 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 make it out into space and then they 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 almost make out. I kind of have the feeling they almost make out in this scene. Um, or at least Finn definitely wants them to. Um, it definitely seemed like a end of speed, you know, euphoria kind of thing. Yeah. I'm like, I can't believe we. Did did it and then then suddenly you know they get they get latched onto by something and uh we have that great uh that great finn confesses that he's not part of the resistance to bb8 and says like just tell us where your base is we'll get you there and then uh he and then bb8 tells ray where the base is and we get the coolest bb8 little sight gag where he gives him the (laughs) thumbs up and then bb8 just flips the lighter for a thumbs up yeah that that that's always gonna be funny um i'm gonna love that forever yeah, I imagine that'll get lots of laughs throughout the new trilogy. Is like when yeah. he zaps him with the little taser that he's got. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm just sort of thinking out loud, but it it probably says a lot in terms of Abrams knows how to crowd please a mm-hmm. little bit more. That in A New Hope, it's sort of it's a little bit Luke's journey, and he just has sort of wiser people who think they know what they're doing around him. Where this much more is about two different young people, a man and a woman working together, both being excited and yeah. unlocking new abilities. Yeah. Like if you're, you know, if you're being a little bit more callous about like, I'm going to plan a kid's movie and it should, you know, reward this kind of thinking. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a really smart way to design it. It's well engineered. Like yeah. the more I think about it, the more I feel like this movie is well engineered. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's about to hit some bumps um, but, <laughs> uh, in a minute. But uh, before that, Goddamn Han Solo shows up. He does. Uh, Chewy in tow. And he's still great. Um, <laughs> like, what do you think of Harrison Ford in this movie? I thought he did a wonderful job. Like, I, You're goddamn right you did. I didn't really know what to expect, and I thought he just brought it. Like, yeah. I don't know if he had a, like, I'm going to do it once, and I make it good. Because, I mean, I guess we should talk a little. Is it The story is, uh, he's not a huge fan of the franchise. He does not really enjoy Star Wars, no. And what I've, he does enjoy is $34.7 million. <laughs> Well, I I had heard, I I don't know how true it is, any of this rumor stuff, but that 
sort of it's so early in his career that he's sort of embarrassed by the performance and thought he got much better later on. Oh, I didn't so know the that. fact that he's so famous for something that's like the first one off that he did. Yeah, that kind of makes sense actually. Um so if that is really true, I could definitely see like yeah. more people will probably see this than the original trilogy in the long run. So yeah. I'm gonna knock this one out of the park. Well yeah, he um yeah he before they before they made Empire, they weren't sure if they could get Harrison Ford back. There's actually an alternate uh, treatment that they wrote for the sequel uh, called. It was it was later turned into a comic book called Splinter of the Mind's Eye, mm-hmm. and it assumed that they could not get Han or as much money, and it all ah. takes place like on a jungle planet, and it's Luke and Leia, and it's before they decided they were brother and sister, so they make out in it, <laughs> um, and it's it's weird uh, and shitty. Weird. It's weird and shitty, <laughs> <clears throat> and. Um, that's also why he got frozen in carbonite at the end of Empire, because they weren't sure if they could get him back for the third one. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they, they were just like, we need a way to write this guy out so that we can bring him back if we want to. Um, but we also, you know, can, can just be like, nah, he's just a sculpture now. Huh. That's just what's going on with this guy. I didn't realize he was that hesitant even at the time. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he did not enjoy it. Huh. Um, and so I, I feel very strongly that it was a precondition of his return that he finally fucking get, <laughs> get bumped off. Um, and it's, 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 it's a good scene. We'll get there guys. Um, but it's, it's probably the strongest scene in the movie. <laughs> Do you think he has like, I will be someone's, uh, you know, guidance voice <laughs> for a million dollars a minute. And... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't, I don't see Han force ghosting at any point. Um, that would be weird. I saw Kathleen Kennedy throw out an awkward quote about how like, they're all going to be involved in future ones, like but trying to be really vague about it. I, I assume she was just a, a political, I'm not saying anything about anything. Yeah, probably. But, I'd imagine. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I hope so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, before that, Han Solo, Han Solo's <laughs> at the fuck up. Uh, he's on this freighter, and we, we, we get our second glimpse into kind of what the world is now. Like, Han Solo is not General Solo like he was at the end of Jedi. He's a smuggler, and he and Chewie are hauling Rathtars, which are these big monsters that the King of Something wants. <laughs> And it becomes clear pretty quickly that he borrowed money from two opposing gangs to fund this operation and has no intention of paying either one back. Yeah, so he's still desperate and broke at this point, it seems. Yeah, and there is no Leia around. Yeah. Um, he's just he's just back. He is pretty much back where he started. And I love that. I love the idea of Han Solo as this guy who... Because you even see it in Empire. Um, like Han Solo in, in, in A New Hope starts out as just, you know, the guy who doesn't trust anybody and he's a scoundrel and a smuggler. And then he kind of puts himself out there emotionally a little bit and gets rewarded by the end of A New Hope. Like he gets a medal. It's nice. Um, and then in, uh, in Empire, like this new life that he has, this stability he has starts getting threatened. And what does he do? The first thing he does is revert back to being a criminal. He's like, I know a guy. I'm going to go get a hustle on. And then it, that <laughs> blows up in his face in the most epic way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in Jedi, he ends up going, okay, well, you've rescued me, and I'm going to go back with you guys. And I like the idea of just him kind of repeating this cycle again, um, where he uh, he ended up you know, hanging out with the New Republic for a while. He had a kid with Leia. They probably got married. Um, the kid went crazy, and he couldn't deal with it. He didn't have the emotional availability to 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 turn his kid back and it's not a light side dark side thing it's just like yeah your kid was kind of being a shithead and <laughs> you're not good at this right um, <laughs> and he just couldn't pull it off and so he he went back to being the criminal and went back to his comfort zone of not trusting anybody like that's like you can remove all the space shit from that story that whole things from a new hope to this movie mm-hmm. and that's a very compelling human story 
of of a guy who's at his most comfortable uh, closing himself off and fucking people over. Yeah. And but who kind of doesn't want to be that. Um, but keeps getting smacked by the world <laughs> every time he tries to be a good person. That's awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, they, they give him quite a few trials, as we hear about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and that's why he ends up here hauling Rathars and running away from the guys from the raid. Do we... I guess I never really thought about it. Do we have any indication of how old uh, Ben was? <laughs> Like during this training and when he turned? No, I mean I get the. I mean he's Adam Driver, so I'd imagine he's like you know mid late twenties. Um, <laughs> but what if he was like ten when it happened? <laughs> oh god! <laughs> oh, I didn't like 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 he's an Omen kid. Uh, well, I mean it seems like the the um, what was it the First Order is fairly built up. I don't know. Did did it say in the novels or anything? Like did no. it give a timeline on this? No, like this was all a reveal in this movie. So. Uh. <laughs> anyway, I'm just wondering. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's way scarier. Um, like this this little ten year old just flipped out and killed his all killed all his classmates, <laughs> and then ran off with a scarred up Andy Circus. Yeesh. Yeah, that's scary. Snoke um, was an interesting choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so so yeah, I guess we all through this we are cutting back to the villains and seeing kind of that they have these plans. Um, you want to talk a little bit about Snoke and and sort of uh, all all that shit. Yeah, so our new emperor figure that's sort of shadowy and seems to be in charge of everything yeah. is a hologram of a giant sort of decrepit old man-ish looking thing. Yeah. It's not real clear if he's a human-sized creature or a giant. Yeah, it could maybe be just he's the like, hologram's built that way. Yeah, maybe he's like Tinkerbell-sized, and that's how he, you know... Compensates? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> could be. I don't know. Um, I saw sort of a crazy fan theory online where someone had... Um, outlined the scars on vader's head when the mask was off in return of the jedi yeah and i guess there are similar marks on snoke and that ha- snoke is, might is be vader? some yeah some i don't know i, I don't, don't know how that would make sense but. i don't think so because kylo ren has vader's head uh-huh <laughs> like he keeps it around well I, maybe, could just be the helmet <laughs> maybe midichlorians you know don't reform don't fucking say that <laughs> shit on this podcast i thought i could get a rise out of you no I noticed no. they were absent from the movie. Yeah, how you did. odd. Yeah, <laughs> we don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> That's not why Ray's so good. They're not going to give her the blood test. And... Fuck you, man. <laughs> God, why are you? Why are you making everybody listening so sad right now? <laughs> Only some people get to use the force. <laughs> it's basically a genetic lottery. <laughs> <laughs> uh wow. Force lives matter, everybody. <laughs> um. <laughs> um yeah, so he's. I mean, who do you think this guy is? Is he a brand? Let's let's be fans for a second. Like, do you think he's a brand new character? Like, what, what's this guy's deal? I don't know. Uh, with I guess I guess we can discuss Ray's origins later. But I, a yeah. lot of me says that this movie is on the nose. <laughs> yeah. Like so, I to me it just feels like new emperor, like yeah. sort of new evil character that's creepy looking. I. I don't know that there's necessarily a ton more to it. I mean, maybe yeah. in a considering how far out they're planning and franchising, uh, yeah. uh, maybe there is some complicated backstory tied into it. I need. I think I need this guy to be connected to like something. Uh-huh. Um, I don't like the idea that like there was a super ultra powerful dark side dude just sort of chilling, right? The, the twenty four effect at the end of every season, someone answers a phone. It yeah. turns out they were they their boss. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, it, I, I would prefer that uh, other than just like no, this guy was just like on a planet, 
in a, like in a jungle somewhere. And then he was like, all right, I guess it's time for me to do my thing. I'm going to go run the First Order. Like, how does he get it to be in charge of the First Order? Maybe he's a clone of the Emperor. Was Palpatine a self-starter? Like... Um, Palpatine in Episode 3, remember that scene in the Opera House in Episode 3 where he tells Anakin that whole story about Darth Plagueis and how Darth Plagueis had used the dark side to cheat death? Vaguely. Um, and that's kind of what gets Anakin like interested in dabbling in the dark side. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, maybe I could like keep Padme from dying um, if, I, if I use some of this good, some of this Plagueis-y shit. <laughs> and that's, that, that kind of gets him going. So he didn't have sort of a live mentor that sort of got Palpatine well, on his route? <laughs> well, it's, it's implied subtly in that story that Plagueis was his mentor because he says that, uh, that Plagueis was killed by his apprentice. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, Pal- right. Palpatine um, did that shit. So it could be that Plagueis cheated death and he came back. And there are some people who have who have uh, pointed out that the uh, the score during that opera house scene is similar to the uh, Snoke theme from Force Awakens. Hmm. So he could be the guy who taught Palpatine. I need him. I think I need him to be somebody. I like it when the bad guys are all connected. Uh-huh. I don't like it when the good guys are all connected. Right. Um, it's like a million random heroes that happen to be cousins. Yeah, like that bugs me. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> this is gonna be a long one, guys. Sure. <laughs> um, we got we got a lot to say. Um, so yeah, like they're like Kylo Ren and uh, and his buddy General Hux. <laughs> Well, when uh, I guess real quick, one thing yeah. that I noticed uh, when he was talking to the Vader head that I don't know that I picked up on before was Kylo Ren seems stressed out that the light side is reaching out to him. Yeah. Which is something that I, I never really got a sense for in sort of any of the old stories. And that's yeah. kind of an interesting thing that there's like a parallel temptation going on. Yeah. Of sort of, you know, the evil light side is trying to pull you off your path that you think is right. Yeah. Like, that's that's sort of a weird duality thing yeah. going on. Well, and it, it makes something that could be really goofy simple into something complex. Like, the idea that the dark side, um, in the eyes of the people who adhere to it, isn't necessarily evil. Like, dark doesn't have to mean evil. Mm-hmm. You're racist. <laughs> um, like, and it's light... not Lucas's first offense. Yeah, it's true. In these movies. Yeah, but, like, the idea... I mean, it's, it's a really stupid idea to think that, uh, like, people would turn to the dark side of the force and be like i'm going to be evil now uh-huh. like that's dumb mm-hmm. um and in a really ham-handed stupid way i think uh lucas knows that because he included in episode three the horrible horrible line from anakin from my point of view the jedi are evil <laughs> just just so it was clear to everybody <laughs> clunk free yeah <laughs> yeah oh god i just threw up in my mouth a little saying that you know love is like sand so sometimes <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. I said it because I had to. You don't have to. I'm done. I promise. But yeah, like I I like that idea that these these guys would be like, no, like the the dark side. And it's actually there's some there's in like the expanded universe and the novels and stuff. They kind of toyed with that idea that there would be uh, Jedi to come along that could use the dark side and the light side. Um, and they were like, no, they're both just tools. Like, sometimes you need to shoot lightning. Uh-huh. Don't worry about it, guys. <laughs> um, and yeah, like the idea that... that <laughs> Don't be so myopic. <laughs> yeah. And the idea that he would feel the pull of the evil light side is, like you said, it's, it's, it's a really, really cool way of recontextualizing how Kylo Ren and all the adherents to the dark side see it. 
um, like dark does not contain within it a value judgment to them. <laughs> and that's cool. Yeah. And in terms of like who Snoke could be and where that could originate from, I think it, it, like they, they are, they're always talking about bringing balance to the force. Yeah. But I think that also makes it more interesting of sort of if they've eradicated the empire and this powerful dark side thing that it's sort of, it's percolating louder yeah. and louder. Like, like the, 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 the dark side and light side will always exist. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea that we just need to eradicate the dark side is, is, is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's, and that, you know, it's, it's, it's another one of Lucas's many sins in the prequels of like, who, what does bring balance to the force even mean? <laughs> like what, 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 would that entail uh-huh. like what does a world where that has happened look like <laughs> uh, it sounds buddhisty but i don't see how it applies it sounds nice yeah <laughs> i mean it's it's like in lost whenever uh in the, the last season of lost spoilers for lost guys um <laughs> that when when uh someone's explaining to jack that if the smoke monster gets off the island uh or the man in black gets off the island like uh it would be bad like evil would <laughs> reign or something uh-huh. like what 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 is any of that what why <laughs> why any of this it's Um, ancient you wouldn't understand yeah (laughs) there's a plug in a temple um in a jedi temple uh yeah so the first one i hear luke's looking for it (laughs) or it's rumored or something something um so yeah uh they that's that's what's been kind of going on with the bad guys through this but back uh (laughs) back in Hanland, they run from some boulders with teeth Uh um ray saves finn again um and uh, the guys from the raid pop in yeah briefly what are they doing in this movie uh i mean i have to imagine it's either just the people involved were huge fans of the raid yeah had a budget to do whatever they wanted. Because they're obviously there because the raid. Right, right. You don't get both of those dudes. (laughs) And I mean, I believe they were the stunt team. So maybe, uh, like, they they were the coordinators and stuff for the raid movies as well. Wait, no, those guys were the stunt coordinators for this movie. No, no, no. Well, I mean, they were on the raid. So I wonder if they, they, like, contributed at all to stuff that was cut, Mm. maybe. Uh, so those were my two thoughts, is either they're huge fans of the raid, yeah. and we have money, so let's reward them for making something cool, yeah. or that there just was more to that than, yeah. like, let's jump through this doorway. <laughs> yeah, that, that 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 could be it. Um, yeah, I mean, however they ended up here, um, I'm glad to see them. <laughs> yeah. They're awesome. Um, they get eaten, like, r- real bad. Yeah, like, when, and I, uh, Jesus, at the end of the first viewing, um, yeah. I was thinking maybe there'll be like an expanded part and they can spin off on one of, you know, in, in one of the spin off movies, there'll be something. I yeah. was like, oh no, it didn't look like they make it. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, uh, I think who, whatever the name of the guy who plays, uh, the lead in the raid one and two, he mm-hmm. might've lived, but, uh, other guy, but like he died <laughs> in both the raid movies and came back. <laughs> yeah, Mad Dog gets killed in every movie. <laughs> yeah, that's his deal. Um, but yeah, they, they escape on the Falcon. Um, so Han and Chewie are on the Millennium Falcon. And um, it's awesome. <laughs> and the uh, like pilot bromance begins. Yes, um, because he because uh, Ray bypassed the compressor. <laughs> yes, and, uh, exactly. Which is a thing. <laughs> uh, and they, uh, yeah, they're headed off to uh, the cantina. I mean, Maz's. Um, yeah, exactly. That was my primary thought, even the first time. Yeah, so they <laughs> so they land on the planet Oregon and um, <laughs> head to this ancient temple where this uh, tiny little yellow woman has been running a basically a, the other cantina uh-huh. um, for thousands of years, um, <laughs> to the point that there's a statue of her above the thing, which... I don't know, man. Um, that's a little, a little self-aggrandizing? Somewhat, yes. Um, 
And yeah, they uh, they sit down. There's a whole bunch of cool aliens, more awesome practical effects. Super into it. Yeah. Uh, we see that people from the Resistance and people from the First Order see BB-8. Um, or no, I don't know if they see BB-8, but they definitely see... Oh, yeah, because BB-8 just like runs off into the woods, doesn't he? <laughs> there's a lot of people talking on walkie-talkies in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And there's a, this this scene in particular, like <laughs> this like 10-minute stretch of the movie is the... like so fucking weak Um, and everything else is so cool that like this bugs me so in this scene uh, we cut back to the first order where they're firing up their planet uh, that has a gun inside it called Starkiller Base. <laughs> Basically, what this thing does is it sucks up a star and then shoots the star out at not one, but five planets. <laughs> it's a splintering that, beam. Yeah, that's like five Death Stars. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they. They like General Hux, uh, who's basically a Nazi, makes a speech. Um, about how they're going to finally destroy the evil uh, republic, mm-hmm. and then we uh, and then they shoot the thing, and uh, we find out from a line later from Han, oh no, it's the Hosnian system. They blew up the Hosnian system. What the fuck is the Hosnian system? <laughs> this is exactly what he did in Star Trek with our primary fleet engaged in the Laurentian system. <laughs> like you can't just say a name and act like it's a big deal. Come on. Like the first time, I guess we're supposed to believe that that was uh, that that was. If, if I'm being really charitable, here's what I believe happened: mm-hmm. um, the the first order pretended to be peaceful towards the republic, and like the republic and the first order both knew that kind of wasn't really what was going on. So the first, so the republic was secretly funding uh, the resistance to kind of fight them, and uh, they kept shaking hands while you know holding knives behind their backs at each other. <laughs> Finally, the first order completed this giant super weapon, and they aimed it at the capital world of the republic and blew the republic up just out of the fucking sky yeah that's cool that will about 30 percent of that is on the screen <laughs> um and it's like I, I it's the first time we see the republic home world is as a beam is approaching it that is a huge fucking problem here's here's how you fix it i'm gonna tell you how to fix it in two minutes of screen time <laughs> You know what? Five. Give them five. Uh-huh. All you got to do is you have a scene of, uh, and this also lets you flesh out kind of, again, the geopolitics of the world. I just want five minutes. I don't want, like, the West Wing in space. I just want a little <laughs> bit of fucking information. Uh-huh. Um, all you got to do is have a scene where uh, where Leia is talking to Mon Mothma, or whoever the fuck runs it, uh, runs the Republic, on a little hologram thingy. FaceTime. Yeah. And they're saying, uh, yeah, we wish we could support you openly, but, uh, you know, the, the politics of it, it wouldn't look good. We can't turn this Cold War hot. Um, and kind of, you know, draw a parallel between basically how we fought the Russians in the 60s and how uh, the Republic is fighting the First Order. Mm-hmm. Cool. I like that. Um, and then as that conversation ends, Leia hangs up, Mon Mothma or whoever else hangs up, and we cut to the Republic homeworld where the other end of the conversation was happening. And then we follow that person as they talk to a politician about some other political shit for like 90 seconds, <laughs> two minutes. And then they look up at their doom? No. <laughs> no, you don't do that. Uh-huh. You cut away. And then 15 minutes later, you go back to them. <laughs> this isn't Game of Thrones timing. No. Where every significant event in the world happens in a row. No. <laughs> yeah. No, like, just, just spend a little bit of time with them before their death scene. Uh-huh. That's it. That's all you got to fucking do. Like, so then later when you cut back to them, it's, oh, those people from before. I liked them from the conversation. Maybe one of them said a joke. And Do you remember on Futurama, the global warming with the mirror spinning around? Yes. It's a whole planet of the dude. That's a little bright. And then exploding. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, that guy was fine because I wasn't supposed to care about him. Right. <laughs> but I'm supposed to care about these fucking randos. <laughs> well, that's what made it so funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what they were going for. No, I wasn't supposed to laugh. <laughs> I mean, did you feel that? Like, I mean, it's... am I alone in this? <laughs> if I had given you a summary immediately after walking out of the theater, I might have forgotten that part. Like, that's how inconsequential it felt. And it's the destruction of the capital of the galactic government. <laughs> and But I, I felt like that was the whole vibe. Was like, was that the capital? They're not acting like it was. <laughs> kind of like, they're not talking about it a whole lot. That doesn't, that feels like a bug, not a feature <laughs> to me. Like, Oh, I didn't, I wasn't mentioning it as a benefit. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't feel like a choice. <laughs> they just wanted to fit a Nazi rally and a planet exploding. Yeah, that's that's a big goddamn problem. <laughs> um, I don't know why you had to blow up the Republic in this movie. Like, maybe that's going to have consequences down the line. And that's that tempers this movie, all of that, uh, that, 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 that notion, that one idea tempers so much of this movie for me. Um, because, you know, it's, it's kind of shoplifting rules. Like, it's not a crime until you've left the store. And they got two more movies before they leave the store. Yeah. Because that's how modern franchise filmmaking works. And I don't like that. <laughs> but... Yeah, it makes it tricky because I heard the same thing about uh, a Han funeral. Like, it's kind of weird that nobody really takes in the death. And it's like, yeah, there's more movies. I don't know that I want to open my next movie with a funeral and explaining eh. that the Republic is destroyed. Like, I don't need a Han funeral. Well, what I'm saying is that I think... I'm agreeing with you that I think pushing it off to the next movie is not a wise choice in a lot of cases. And yeah. It can be dangerous knowing you have more time yeah. because it won't necessarily ever feel right. No, no. All like all we needed is that. I mean, do, do you feel like I've come up with a fix? Like, I, I think <laughs> I think I fixed it. Like, I mean, that's certainly I would know what happened, which is a big improvement. Yeah. Like <laughs> five goddamn minutes, guys. That's all you needed. Like, you've already got a two hour and 15 minute movie. Just make it a two hour, 20 minute movie. Like, it's fine. It's yeah. not a big deal. You'll, you're you're, you're going to still be able to screen it a bunch of times. You're going to make all the money. <laughs> um, it's it's ridiculous. Um, but I'll, 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 you know, like I said, this is going to be a long one. And I've got some final thoughts sure. on restructuring this, this, <laughs> this thing. Because that's because around this time, the second big dumb thing that I hate happens. Sure. Um, which is Finn just, uh, so they, they go into this cantina and they're sitting down with Maz and they're like, okay, we got this drawer. We got a map to fucking Luke Skywalker. This shit's crazy, man. Mm -hmm. And she's like, holy shit, a map to Luke fucking Skywalker. Oh man, it's nuts. <laughs> and um, she's like, I will totally help you guys. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she, she kind of says, you know, I, I forget what exactly kind of help she's offering them. Um, do you remember like what, what Maz is going to do for him? I think, oh yeah, they need to get on a clean ship. That's yes, what it is. Yes. Um, which is a cool idea. Like mm -hmm. that makes total sense. Um, I've played GTA. I know how you're going to switch cars. Um, paint the Falcon. Yeah. Um, just, just to drive it into a garage and just put a racing stripe on it. No one will know. So is it at the beginning of this when, when Han offers her a job? Yes. Okay. Which so is cool. Yeah, I mean, it's a fun moment and, yeah. a, and a fun acknowledgement that, yeah. I mean, you know, in retrospect is that she's the replacement Han Solo to some degree. Yeah. So I, she, the Ray character, I was going to bring this up later, but uh -huh. the Ray character has been accused of Mary Sueism, mm -hmm. um, Which was a term I didn't know before this movie, but oh, really? I've heard it a lot since. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, for those of you who don't know, a Mary Sue or the male version is a Gary, Stu, a Gary Stu, <laughs> um, is basically, uh, it, it comes, the term comes from fan fiction and it's the tendency that shitty fanfic writers would have to kind of write a character that was obviously them into the story uh -huh. and then have that character be better at everything 
like a and better one likes them yeah <laughs> and like the 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 in canon characters in the fan fiction go out of their way to acknowledge how much better this new character is <laughs> like so if 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 i'm writing a gary stew into star trek then i'm gonna pilot the enterprise and sulu's gonna be like you're a better pilot than me <laughs> or something like that uh-huh. you know or i'm gonna like out fucking Vulcan death grip Spock or something. Mm-hmm. This is not the moment where I believe, I don't know if Ray ever gets there because other than one particular choice, I think that she's amazing and compelling and awesome. Mm-hmm. But there's one thing that they do with her later that I feel like brings them a little close to that. Mm-hmm. Right now she can fly the Falcon and she's a great pilot and she's a badass and she, she keeps her head in a fight and that's all awesome and believable and cool. Uh-huh. L- later she becomes as good of a force user as uh, as Luke was in Empire with zero training and in about two hours. Uh-huh. And I, I, I can't get on board with that, man. Like, we've never seen anyone do that. <laughs> like, Anakin didn't do that shit. Like, mm-hmm. who 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 the hell are you? Um, <laughs> like, like uh, you, you, that's... I, I can't just go along with that after all the, like, you need training that's been beaten into my head. I, I agree that it's it certainly feels like a stopgap and just because they got to get yeah. this thing moving and because this will make for fun scenes yeah. and, and we need Daniel Craig in here somewhere. Yeah, um, <laughs> which, which is awesome. Um, I mean, and I the, really like her character. I love how she's written and everything. I just yeah. don't, I think that that was a mistake. My my main thought, which doesn't doesn't really affect your comment, but yeah. in terms of that she's a good pilot and a good fighter and blah, 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 is kind of that Luke was really shitty at the beginning of A New Hope, and yeah. he blows up the Death Star without the help of a targeting computer at the end of the first movie. So, like, I don't think that this series has been, you know, a model of realistic character growth and how yeah. that kind of stuff would work. But I, well, I do agree with... Was, we knew he was a good pilot, though. He was Bullseye and T, uh, Womp Rats in his T-16 back home. I mean, he's just such a little shit at the beginning of that movie. Personality-wise, yeah. <laughs> but, like, I know plenty of little shits who are good at stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I... Anyway, he is, I, he is a little shit. <laughs> and as far as being able to use the force to blow up the Death Star, like he he did spend some time with Obi Wan, mm-hmm. and Obi Wan told him like, "Hey, here's how the force works, bro." Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not saying it's the same thing, and I think you have a point about the the force, like her being able to Jedi mind trick and stuff doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I, I'm just saying that I think uh, on the world where this is an amplified New Hope, that that's not the furthest. Maybe thing. this isn't the moment to plant my flag. <laughs> is what you're saying? No, I, I that is. I, that is actually fair. I agree with your point, but I think people who are like, well, how can she sword fight and how can she do this? It's sort of like, uh, I mean, she's our protagonist. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's the hero. Shut up. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, that's, that's fair. Um, anyway, so that's that that's for later uh meanwhile back in maz's cantina other things i don't like are happening <laughs> um the second of which is finn just deciding to bug out uh-huh. um th- what did you think of did this moment ring so false for you i think that story-wise you can defend it as sort of he was part of the you know the blood machine of the first order and he's yeah. seen the horror i don't it sounds think like a tom waits record <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't think that it's played uh in a particularly logical way where that makes sense as an emotional progression for him yeah like he he sort of he looks happy to dive in and help and is willing to do x y and z and then this does sort of feel like a sudden turn when it's like you were in a lot of danger really recently yeah and 
it, it did feel like sort of a false turn. Yeah. Where, I mean, I, I guess the logistics of the story, you could say, you know, he's familiar with how awful they are and his fear just yeah. kicks in now that it's a very real possibility that he's back in their clutches. Yeah. So, but I, I agree that from a story perspective, it didn't feel that satisfying or like it a very good through line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's because it feels like it feels at that moment before he says, like, guys, the First Order has a bunch of guns. We should just go. Uh-huh. Um, it feels like he has already been on the path towards getting away from that way of thinking. Because that was his way of thinking at the very beginning when, mm-hmm. when he grabs Poe and is like, hey, Poe, uh, can we just be not here? <laughs> um, and then he meets BB-8 and Ray, and you, you're, you, especially the thing that makes it really hurt for me is that moment on the Falcon right after he and Ray get, get away. And they're like, you were awesome. You were awesome. Uh-huh. We're great at this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, adventure. Um, and to go from that to this feels like a step backwards mm-hmm. in a universe where characters only move forward. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think it's it, it doesn't play very well as yeah. sort of a, a motivational through line. Yeah. From um, scene to scene. Especially because it's just negated in like five minutes. <laughs> um, so he bugs out. And then uh, while he's leaving, Ray hears a child crying in the basement and then goes down. And I actually think this is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes down and uh, opens up a box and finds Luke's original lightsaber that he, that got lost in Empire. Mm-hmm. That what an awesome fucking MacGuffin in this movie. Like going back in the original trilogy and be like, you know, no one ever did fish that thing out from the Bespin garbage chute <laughs> or wherever the fuck it landed. Yeah. Like, that's great. That is amazing. Um, I'm all for it. Well, I guess this this is an interesting time to bring up um so Lucas has said that his ideas basically went unused. Yeah. Has he said what his ideas were? Uh, he's thrown out vague things that don't make a whole lot of sense to me about yeah. how his ideas are about how it's more family. I'm like, how? Yeah, how is this, this not is about family? Everybody's kids and what they're squabbling over. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, but do you think there is a line where it's like, oh, this is fan fiction with a huge budget? Or do you think that's sort of an imaginary, like, does it matter who the creator was? Does it matter how it's handled after? It doesn't matter who the creator was because George Lucas was not really the creator of the original trilogy. Uh-huh. Um, he wrote and directed A New Hope. New mm-hmm. Hope's real good. Um, and then he handed it to people who were better at making movies than him. Mm-hmm. Irving Kershner and Lawrence Kasdan. Um, and then those guys made some great movies. Um, and, you know, they they went and they made the best one of all of them. Empire. Everybody, I mean, pretty much everybody agrees Empire's the best one. Um, and that that is the correct viewpoint. Um, <laughs> Empire's the best one. Introducing Yoda's hard to beat. Yeah. And just everything about it. Like, like, like I said, Han's arc in that movie is awesome. Mm-hmm. Luke's arc. Like... That, like that, that is a story for Luke. It's a story about a guy uh, whose reach exceeds his grasp, and he gets his hand cut off for it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> like, and get some family drama thrown in, and then salt yeah. in the wound. <laughs> yeah, and he gets the 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 greatest twist in film history. Um, it's oh, it's so good. It's <laughs> such a great film, and it's just well. It's, there's so much going on. I could go on and on and on, but we're not covering Empire. We'll cover Empire later. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's silly. I know. I know that Luke uh, Lucas has, as the films have uh, been out longer, uh, gotten increasingly bitter about it. Like he went on Charlie Rose last week <laughs> and had some shit to say. Did you read about that interview? <laughs> he, so, I, I believe I, I know at least the the two words that stuck out, <laughs> <laughs> which were uh, that. It it was like he sold his children to white slavers. White slavers, everybody. <laughs> white slavers. Um, yeah. 
which is awfully specific to backpedal from which yeah. he's doing now well just as, as an aside I, I just think about like where this guy's at right now because mm-hmm. you're okay you're george lucas he doesn't have to give a fuck well i know about that yeah he does not <laughs> um well he so you're george lucas in the 70s you're a little auteur director you've just made american graffiti which have you ever seen american graffiti uh not in many <laughs> years uh, okay um everybody go watch american graffiti it's awesome it's like proto happy days uh-huh. it's actually more like proto dazed and confused huh yeah, it's real good. It's real good because um, it's a movie made in the '70s that has a boner for the '50s, and <laughs> Days and Confused is a movie made in the '90s that has a boner for the '70s. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it's awesome, uh, and you know, you, 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 the way you think of yourself is one of this new breed of uh, of like USC graduate outlaw directors, and then you have this idea for this little uh, sci-fi homage to the the old Flash Gordon movies you liked. And you're like, I'll go make that. I'll make some money, and then I'll go make some weird ass art shit, <laughs> and you make it, and it's the biggest movie ever Mm -hmm. and you make a choice that you're gonna just be mr star wars from then on um so you do that for a while and then come along come the 90s and you're like okay i've finally made so much money that i can independently finance my original vision and i can make exactly the movies i wanted to make i don't have to give it to goddamn kirshner and goddamn (laughs) kasdan anymore i can i can make it exactly the way i want to make it and every frame is going to be exactly what was in my brain uh, because i george lucas have the power to do that Mm -hmm. i mean the prequels are independent films he financed them, and then he sold them to Fox after they were done. Yeah, the fact that he owned 100% Lucasfilm was news to me when it was sold. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah, dude. $4 billion personal transaction to George Lucas. Yeah, it was insane. <laughs> like, And so then you, you put your personal heart and soul vision of what you always intended the movies to be up on the screen. And the world takes the biggest shit ever on them. Oh, raked over the coals nonstop. <laughs> yeah. Like, think about how that must feel. Like, I really feel for the guy. I mean, his, his movies are fucking cat crap. But <laughs> that must really, really hurt. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, years go by. Your, your, your movies are, continue to be an enormous fucking joke. Um, <laughs> how bad they are. I mean, the, the best thing that you've heard is that Revenge of the Sith is not like dying of syphilis. Um, <laughs> some people like Revenge of the Sith. Um, <laughs> Every so often, Red Letter Media has to release a <clears throat> dissertation on yeah. just how bad you fucked up yeah. years and years ago. Yeah. And any other director and movie would have been forgotten. Yeah. Like, it's not <laughs> like, like we don't talk about Blade Trinity anymore, you know? <laughs> like, we're, not bringing, we're not bringing up Stop or My Mom Will Shoot all the goddamn time in front of, in front of Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> like, we don't make people carry their failures around the way we make George Lucas carry the prequels around. It's true. And then you finally one day say, you know what? I fucking had it. <laughs> Disney comes a calling. They've made a mint with Marvel, and they decide they're going to go back to the well and get another universe. Maybe get a, maybe get some Avengers up on the Millennium Falcon at some point. <laughs> Turns out little boys are profitable, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they, they knock on your door, and they're like, I have a bag of $4 billion because we're Disney. <laughs> and do, will you just sell uh, the rights to Star Wars to us? And you're like, you know what? I want to be done. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just gonna go make little art films like I always wanted to. Here, just take it. And before the Force Awakens came out, that's where he was at, uh-huh. and he was being gracious. And he was like, <laughs> part of him, I really think that part of George Lucas's mind was going, ha, they're gonna try and they're gonna fuck it up because no one really <laughs> wants Star Wars. They think they want Star Wars, but they're gonna shit on this Star Wars too. Ha, it's gonna be so good. And then the Force Awakens comes out, and everybody fucking loves it. <laughs> 
And they keep specifically talking about how much better it is than the thing you made. I feel like that would sting the hardest. Yeah. Like, so of course he shows up on the news. <laughs> like, so angry. Like, this, like I want to make a movie about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, that's the movie to make. Like, someone needs to make Aaron Sorkin write a script about that and have David Fincher direct it. <laughs> this is like really neither here nor there out there. I feel like I might have even mentioned on the podcast before. Yeah. But like, I I was ambivalent about uh, the show Dollhouse. Like, yeah. it fell kind of flat in some ways and whatever. But I didn't think that much about it. Yeah. And then Orphan Black came out, <laughs> the new show, with a girl playing a ton of different roles that are yeah. all her. And I felt kind of bad that every review years later was like, this is what Eliza Dushku should have been doing. Oh. Like... Did you ever? It's kind of a sad thing about the media. You get name checked for years and years and years. Yeah. Did you ever finish Dollhouse? I don't think so. It gets real good. I think I read a summary and I was like, "Wow, they really kind of went with it." Yeah. No, it gets fucking awesome in the second season because <laughs> they knew they they knew they weren't going to get a third. So Joss Whedon just starts cramming like three episodes worth of plot into every episode, and <laughs> it's, it's like Rome. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Um, yeah, strong recommend Dollhouse. Skip the first six episodes. Start at <laughs> episode six. And then finish out season one and watch all of season two. It's like a total of 20 episodes of TV. Tells a whole story. And, it, and then Felicia Day shows up at the end. Um, <laughs> it's real good. Um, yeah, so I think um, that, that's got to sting extra hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that, that, that's, that's got to hurt so goddamn bad. Um, but sorry, George. Your movies <laughs> suck. And this movie's good. And do you have any idea um, whether he kept the stock? Or sold it. I know he gave like a huge chunk of it to charity immediately. Yeah, uh, like the Disney stock. Yeah. Um, I have no idea because it just occurred to me it was two billion dollars cash and two billion dollars Disney stock. Oh who shit! Who you are selling Star Wars to? Which I haven't checked their stock price, but I imagine it's helped them. Yeah, it's probably worth more than two billion dollars now. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah, because that's this is going to be the biggest movie ever. Yeah. Um, Guess and... he can't be too mad. Yeah. <laughs> At least he can get in his palatial estate if he wants. I mean, he's got more money than God. Yeah. Like George Lucas got. I mean, because he also we he also gave us Pixar. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, true. <laughs> like he's got his he's got his fingers in everything. Um anyway, so back to the back to the show. <laughs> um so back the Finn, on target. Yeah. <laughs> so the Finn thing was stupid. Um <laughs> That uh, I think we've well established, uh, and then Ray has her vision yeah. with Luke Skywalker's lightsaber, um, and just uh, pretty dark and loud, and yeah, I didn't. I, it was probably like the most shocked by something I'd been in seeing Star Wars. I mean, yeah. maybe a hand cut off or something is more fucked up. But. Yeah, it seems like uh, the 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 most concrete images were uh, someone in a hood uh, reaching out to to Vader, uh, reaching out to R two D two, who I don't think was Luke. Everybody thinks that was Luke on some planet. I think it was Anakin because if you look at that huh. hand, it looks like Anakin's hand from the prequels. I was going to ask if people have you know. Screen captured. I don't know if you... Well, because you, you see... Luke's hand at the end? You see Luke's hand at the huh. end. Yeah, and it's not that hand. Ah, interesting. Um, I could be wrong. I mm-hmm. could definitely be wrong. Um, and the other thing you see is Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren. And, they've ju- and they're like in a rainy, muddy field with Rey. And they've killed like a hundred people. Mm-hmm. And you don't know why. You don't know anything about it. And then, uh, then you hear a voice say Rey, which is actually Alec Guinness. Because oh, they, right. they took a this. recording of him saying afraid from something and they chopped it up so it would be <laughs> Obi-Wan as, as Alec Guinness saying Ray. And then you have Obi-Wan as Ewan McGregor at the very end saying this is the first step. Huh. Um, Doesn't Frank Oz throw in a Yoda something I think somewhere he does, in the movie? Yeah, yeah he does. Um, all that, awesome. I yep. loved it. 
Uh, and then Maz comes down and says, you know, I'm not a Jedi, but I know the force like this belongs to you. This is obvious. Basically saying like, you're a Jedi, like you're, this is what you're going to do now. Mm -hmm. And Ray in a beat that would have landed much better for me if Finn hadn't just done the same thing says, (laughs) fuck this Uh and runs. Everyone's real retreaty in in this portion of the movie. Um, and then it all gets thrown out the window because the first order attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's what's going on. So they, they, I'll keep this part short. They, uh, they, they capture Ray because Kylo Ren is like, we don't need BB-8. Like she's seen the map; it's in her brain. I can pull it out. Um, so they just grab her and they bounce um, because Kylo Ren's bad at this. <laughs> um, like he had a chance and he just fucked up uh-huh. again. Uh, it's awesome. Some um, people do point out like that he has weak villain moments. And I'm like, yeah, I think that's that's the fun. Like, yeah, I think he's going to be more badass in the sequels and it'll be more meaningful. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 like uh, he's like he's like Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. Like uh-huh. <laughs> you know, he's 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 impulsive and armed. <laughs> and, <laughs> And that's dangerous for everyone around him. Um, the stormtroopers that turn around when he's having his tantrum. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I love that shit. Um, so yeah, they uh, we also see that Poe is back. Um, I really, really love the the shot of uh, Finn and Han looking over and seeing the the X wings coming in low uh-huh. to save them. That's 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 a fucking badass visual. And, uh, John Williams had some fun with all the combining all the music cues across all the movies. Yeah, it was really cool. And then Poe just flying around and really convincing us in one shot that he's a good pilot. That thing mm-hmm. where he pulls that crazy maneuver and takes <laughs> out like four or five Tie Fighters. And then, and then, just so we're clear, uh, Finn said that is one hell of a pilot. Uh-huh. <sighs> thanks. <laughs> thanks, Finn. Um, thanks very much. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, they 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 get away, and then uh, then this ship lands, and we get to see Han meet Leia again. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, what do you think of Carrie Fisher in this? Uh, I'm glad it was her. I'm glad yeah. she's involved. I mean, it's her voice isn't quite the same, and I mean, she's kind of grizzled now. I'm, I dig that. Yeah, I mean the the character sort of doesn't do a ton and her line readings are fine. Yeah. In a movie where a lot of line readings are good. Yeah, yeah. So I mean she's not necessarily my favorite part about the whole thing, but I'm glad it was her and I'm glad the character's involved. She was not given enough to do. Yeah. Um that's that's we're going to come back to that. Um so they... there is a little bit of like almost school marm like bring him home. I'm a general, but I'll be back here. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> but yeah, they uh, they go back to the resistance headquarters um, and take a look at the map, realize that the map's incomplete. Um, and then they, uh, th- at some point, uh, we cut back to Ray being interrogated and she turns Kylo Ren's telepathy back on him, which is like, oh, she's got the force too. Mm-hmm. And he says something in a throwaway line, like, oh yeah, the rest of the map is in, uh, we found it in an old Imperial archive. So if the empire still, did the empire still exist when Luke disappeared? Like, why is there a map to Luke? Now someone pointed out, maybe it's just a map to the first Jedi temple because everybody was looking for the first Jedi temple. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you got to say that shit. Um, <laughs> you got to say it in your movie if, yeah. it's, if you want me to think that. <laughs> um, I don't want to have to do this much work. <laughs> well, especially if later we see what's presumably the same data in R2's memory banks and that there's just like a chunk missing out of it. Yeah. But this is generic map data. Like, no, it's it, not. 
the it's it's another shit because we see at the back of the rebel base that R two has been in low power mode since Master Luke went away. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks C three PO, who in, <laughs> and and in one of the best intros ever just cock blocks the shit out of Han. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> it was great. Um, so. Yeah, he says that he's been in low power mode. And then at the end, uh, after Starkiller Base gets blown up, they uh, come back and R2 just turns back on. Mm -hmm. So here's the one sentence that they needed to put in the movie to fix that. Um, In addition to blowing up the base, we retrieved all this data from the Imperial Archive. (laughs) R2 turns back on. Uh, That's all you needed. That's a, yeah, well, I thought he had it in his memory banks or something like that. And yeah, he just maybe, reawoke. If he did, that's fucking dumb. <laughs> because he and BB-8 were in a room together. Uh huh. It's do stupid. You, do you think Han Solo is occupying R2-D2? Because <laughs> he does snap to life right after his death. Are you fucking serious right now? <laughs> maybe? <laughs> no, man. I don't think... No, um, like these aren't. At no point has the force worked under poltergeist rules. Uh, Maybe it should. No, it's sh- no. Oh man, uh, moving on, dude. Um, so yeah, we also get sort of we get all. I feel like we get all the blanks filled in during these scenes between Han and Leia, where mm. we learn that uh, their son was um, one of Luke's students, and he flipped out and joined the dark side because Snoke seduced him. Mm-hmm. Who I guess they all knew Snoke. Um, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> um, like you're not telling me so much shit, and it doesn't feel like it's on purpose. Uh huh. Um, hey, it feels like there's the dual layer of like if you've never seen Star Wars before, you don't know any of it. Yeah, and if you have, you know, like seventy <laughs> percent. I kind of suspect this movie would play better for people who haven't seen Star Wars. Um, and easier to accept. Yeah, that you don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, and just roll with it. Absolutely. <laughs> um. So yeah, what we needed here was just like one more scene of like Han and Leia like tossing back a couple scotches uh-huh. and just chilling, <laughs> like tell some jokes, uh-huh. you know, instead of them being like looking at each other and literally just saying like, "We sure did have a good relationship in the past." <laughs> That's what they do yeah. in this scene, and it's it it doesn't fucking work for me. Mm-hmm. Like I don't feel that they had a good relationship. I I connect the dots because I remember the original trilogy, but I needed some kind of like because it doesn't seem like they're not that like they're no longer in love. Like he she totally forgives him for running out, which mm-hmm. is not a thing that Leia would do. Mm-hmm. Like Leia would be like, "You fucking coward!" <laughs> like yeah, that's a Leia, that's the Leia move is to call him out on his bullshit because that's what she always did with Han. Um, and again, this isn't about like, oh, the force isn't portrayed correctly. It's just I'm just asking like I'm asking the people to act like people. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um and act like the same kind of people they were in the other movies. Yeah, it is sort of a warm hug is is the only sense you get of sort of familiarity, yeah. it seems. <laughs> it's it's a big problem. But they uh so they 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 find out about Starkiller Base and they're like, This is like five Death Stars, you guys. <laughs> it was funny that that felt like it's sort of how do we keep the plots the same with different parts where at least in A New Hope, they're getting information about this goal. Yes. This feels much more incidental. This <laughs> like, is the... Now num- we have all this information and also look at that. <laughs> yeah. That's the number one thing I would change about this movie if I could was no Starkiller base. Mm-hmm. Um, you still want to kill the Republic? Have a suicide bomber blow up the Senate. 
Like, yeah. just do that. Um, lose Starkiller Base. Take all the time you spent on Starkiller Base to um, spend more time with Han and Leia. You want uh, Ky- you want Kylo Ren to kidnap Rey? Fine. Just take him. Just have him take her to a Star Destroyer or something, and then do your daring rescue in your third act that way. Yeah. It's fine. Um, sorry, Poe doesn't have anything to do. By the way, Poe's back. Um, <laughs> and it's just not explained at all. Um, I didn't, the first time I saw it, I didn't even catch that was him, like, in the cockpit. Oh, like, really? I just saw them chatting later. <laughs> it's, it, that, that fucking bugs me. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, we needed some kind of indication that he was still alive. You, you can't just have a guy show up and be like, hey, guy, that's like the fucking clown from Billy Madison. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's not okay. <laughs> that was a joke when Adam Sandler did it. Right. Like there's a few of those. <laughs> yeah. Not okay. Not fucking okay. Well, from the from them looking at the, you know, the hologram of Starkiller Base. Yeah. The one that I was like I can't tell if that's a like a self-effacing joke or what was uh Han says, "How do you blow it up? There's always a way to do that." <laughs> and I was like, "Is that recognition of this being pretty silly i think they were winking at us for that yeah there's always a way to do that that's great um han continues to han it up Um, yeah it's good stuff but yeah they like in all the other movies that had a death star the movie was about the death star Mm -hmm. like the 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 map to luke skywalker in a new hope was the plans for the death star Uh Um, in Jedi, the first scene is, holy shit, a Death Star. <laughs> in this one, a Death Star just shows up an hour and 15 minutes in. It's like, by the way, they got another fucking Death Star, and it's way bigger than all the other ones, you guys. Like, you want to do another Death Star? Fine. Starkiller Base is an awesome idea. Mm-hmm. I love the idea that they hollowed out a planet and turned it into a gun. <laughs> that is fucking ill. I love it. Um, make that episode nine. Uh-huh. Like that is a cool thing to bring back. It's like, okay, episode nine, we're doing a fucking Death Star, you guys. Woo! Um, instead, it's just back, and then it's gone. What are we gonna? Because uh, now we can't do it again. Yeah. You can't do four Death Stars. Also, <laughs> since it made an appearance, a, a cameo appearance in Attack of the Clones, and it shows up at the end of Sith, that means of the now seven Star Wars movies, five have Death Stars in them. <laughs> Well, even the planning the attack on Starkiller Base, like, it happened so fast. Yeah. And then, as if to sort of emphasize just how fast the movie is going, they land in light speed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I guess we're, the attack is now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought that was cool. The whole, oh, yeah. like, we got to come out of light speed in the atmosphere to get around their shields. But just like this movie is moving at a breakneck pace. And I like <laughs> the subtle implication that Han is the only guy who can pull that off. Like, none of the X-Wing pilots could do that because he's got to go in there and bring down the shield because they're not as good at this as he is. Because <laughs> um, Han Solo is a fucking badass. Uh-huh. Um, and then it's easier to maneuver the Falcon than <laughs> the little X-Wing. Yeah. That can apparently also go light speed and all that stuff. Yeah, it can. But he's, he's a better pilot. He's just a better pilot uh-huh. um and they they go in and they do their daring rescue and there's some moments with captain phasma and that's fun and then uh f- uh meanwhile ray uh doesn't really need rescuing because she has jedi mind tricked her way out of her bonds um <laughs> thanks to stormtrooper daniel craig yeah um i could hear it the second time yeah I was no, I definitely could. But he's doing an american accent which is weird <laughs> um i love that moment i thought it was some cool comedy and i like that was when uh kylo ren comes in and sees the empty thing and just flips out and murders it um the empty 
Monty like brace thing that she was in. And she's running around trying to get away from people while they're running around searching for her. Finally, they find each other and uh, decide that they need to go lay some uh, explosives inside uh, this like oscillator thing uh-huh. to uh, to blow uh, to blow up the uh, the the Starkiller base, which leads to like I think the last like. The last scene of the movie that doesn't, the, the second to last scene of the movie that doesn't feel procedural, mm-hmm. um, because this movie is definitely not about Poe Dameron blowing up Starkiller Base. Like, <laughs> there is no doubt from Go that he's going to accomplish that goal. Sure. Um, but uh, I fucking love the scene between Kylo Ren and, and his dad mm-hmm. here. Just like, first of all, Leia's said, like, bring our boy home. Um, Luke was a Jedi, but you're his father. Um, that's cool. Still needed like five more minutes. Um, <laughs> just maybe just two shit. Yeah. Um, two minutes would probably feel like five in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, uh, so yeah, he, he sees Kylo Ren searching and then he comes out and he screams the first time we've heard his real name, Ben, that that's fucking mic drop. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and that's why I still really like this movie. Cause like we, I can complain about all that other shit, but it, does shit like that so right <laughs> um and there's that great scene you know that it goes on and they have that conversation where kylo ren is clearly talking about killing his father mm-hmm. and uh i mean what, what do you think do you think he knows he's talking about that or um i mean it would be sort of hard to detach my point of view from that because like when that scene started i figured that's what was gonna oh, happen yeah, no, <laughs> so. like he walked out onto a bridge with no railing like, yeah come on. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. It's I think a lot of that that sort of climactic force stuff is sort of at the fever pitch like I think I know how it's going to go, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> love and hate are, you know, they're opposite ends of yeah. the same spectrum. I mean, I think of. his previous conversation about being tempted by the light side and it hurting him the way the dark hurt Luke mm-hmm. um is informing this. And Snoke says, oh, like, you've never faced a challenge quite like this or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Snoke, Snoke mentions it. Um, and he, he even offers Han his lightsaber. So that, that makes me think, like, maybe he, like, from sentence to sentence hadn't decided. Mm-hmm. And then he does. And then he kills Han Solo. And uh, he's so, like, freaked by the fact that he was able to do it that Chewie's able to shoot him in the gut um, <laughs> and wing him with that bowcaster. Yeah. Um. And that kind of informs how uh, I think Finn and Ray are both able to beat him later, because they would not have been able to take that guy down if he hadn't been. And I, I love the like, side punching. I love the side <laughs> punching. The side punching is awesome. It's genius. Yeah. Did you like it? Or I did. Yeah. Because a lot of people felt like it was goofy, but I was like, no, that's what that guy would do. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't really remember it the first time I saw it, to be honest. But the the second time, I'm like, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It was real cool. Um, yeah. So it. Uh, so that's. So they. They make a daring escape, and they're trying to get back to the Falcon while Poe is doing his space shit. And then um, they run into uh, Kylo Ren in the woods, like a goddamn samurai movie. <laughs> I guess I should bring up before we get out of Starkiller Base is yeah. it, it. I don't think about it to the point where like it distracts me when I'm watching it, but I always had scale questions about Star Wars of like the size of the Death Star and how many millions of people are housed in this thing. Yep. And how everyone seems seems to keep seeing each other like <laughs> through the window. Yeah. And this thing is like supposed to be ten times the volume of of the Death Star. It was sort of like where do they get the number of people populating this thing? Yeah. I mean, maybe Starkiller Base is largely empty. <laughs> yeah, because it's a planet. 
Um, but it's still just when you see those buildings and then it's sort of and then it cuts to them walking outside two seconds later and running into a person who was elsewhere in the base. It's like, isn't this thing supposed to be, you know, the first one is the size of a moon. This is the size of a planet. And yet you can't help but rub in elbows with everybody. <laughs> Which, I mean, I guess Chewie is on every planet you visit in a, in a whole universe. So yeah. the, the series is always kind of like that. Yeah, I mean, this, this is... But I do feel like they play with the scale more as it makes for fun visuals than ever dealing with the practicality of, like, how many people are in every one of those Star Destroyers. Yeah. But you also don't want, to, you don't want to watch a movie that deals with that. Like, do you? Well, I mean, just the enormity of the Empire, I feel like, is necessarily toned down because it wouldn't make it sense feels to small. look at. No, yeah. that's, the, the, the uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine has a similar issue at some point. Like, they keep drawing these connections because, like, the bartender Quark on Deep Space Nine uh, somehow knows the leader of the Ferengi Empire. <laughs> and, like, Worf knows the leader of the Klingon Empire. <laughs> and, like, it just seems like everybody's friends with the head of their government. <laughs> just because, like, that over the course of seven seasons, they're just trying to tell stories stories yeah, they're trying totally. to tell big stories and then eventually like all of these like people on a backwater space station are the most important people in the galaxy <laughs> um and it feels weird by the end of it uh the same way that this feels kind of weird but uh something something the force yeah so i mean it doesn't really distract me but i do kind of chuckle to myself like the the way that you watch uh, return of the jedi and you're like why is the death star built to be this dangerous yeah. <laughs> like, why are there so many pits <laughs> yeah exactly it's, yeah it's it's weird <laughs> um yeah and, oh also this the before han dies uh he does give us my favorite line in the whole film where finn says i don't know we'll figure something out we'll use the force and she goes, that's not how the force works <laughs> it's a great moment it is maybe han's best line in the whole series it's perfect that is because at this point like he didn't even believe in the force in the first movie and now he like knows enough about it just be like just shut up <laughs> he's so annoyed yeah uh or later when when finn is uh finn is threatening phasma and he's like bring it bring it down kid <laughs> uh yeah no han han solo this is han solo's movie in so many ways definitely and he doesn't even show up until an hour in uh it's great it's great um so yeah they they we're back in the woods with kylo ren and the first thing he does is throw ray against a tree because uh-huh. he's like you're a force user and we've already heard him say like every hour she's getting more powerful like i need to take you out of the fight because he's smart um and now he's like all right finn with your lightsaber like i i know you're not a force user mm-hmm. let's do something mm-hmm. and then finn fights him very sloppily um like i like it i liked watching a guy who's bad with a lightsaber use a <laughs> lightsaber i mean he's not terrible but like mm-hmm. he's as good as like we'd be well, I, I thought that the they did a good job at making sure everyone had sort of their style. Where like, yeah, Ray fights differently than Finn fights differently than after the Force is awoken a little more in yeah. her mind. Like, sort of, there's a lot more of the stabbing motion from her. Yeah, he's much more blunt from the top. Yeah, like, yeah, he's just swinging the thing like it's a baseball bat, and then you know, uh, Kylo Ren just dispatches him with a slash to the back. Yeah, which I thought a lot of people thought killed him, but I guess we're. I mean, we hear the eighty yard, we got a heartbeat, which is my oh, favorite, really? my favorite thing <laughs> that people do in movies to to, to show you a main character are still alive is as they're carted off by medics just adr one of them saying he's still breathing or something um yeah watch for it you can't unhear it uh, um 
It's a miracle he survived. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like in any Batman cartoon where Batman's not killing anybody, there's like after a big car chase where he downs a building or something, there's always the, it's a miracle no one was killed, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Alfred. <laughs> He's, Batman's still got a perfect track record. Um, but yeah, he goes down and then, uh, then Ray force pulls the lightsaber to her in the big cheer moment in my first screening. And then, yeah, when she's fighting him, she fights him like someone who doesn't know how to use a lightsaber. She keeps doing that same stab <laughs> over and over, which is like, that's the thing that's missing from prequel lightsaber fights compared to like original trilogy lightsaber fights had psychology, but they didn't have uh, like flair. Mm-hmm. You know, all they were was stakes and it was just Luke and, and Vader, you know, swinging this thing around and it was all about the emotion and you were super invested and you were so invested you didn't really care that like they weren't really doing anything that cool. Well, when one of your fighters is Alec Guinness, you have to make it a little bit more about the context. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and no, about the no. flips. Obi-Wan's pretty fucking wristy with that <laughs> lightsaber. Um, that's all that's happening there. Um, and then you go to the prequels and it's all flips and flare and flash and there's no psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, and this struck such a balance. Like yeah. it was, it was wonderful. Um, you know, it's, it, I, I absolutely loved that the way her style changes after she finds the force and then just, just, just fucking mercs Kylo Ren, man. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, and then just as she's about to, I, maybe she was going to kill him. I don't know if she even like, I think I, I get the feeling once she's got him down, she's like, I, I kind of didn't expect this. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to do now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but luckily for her, the planet cracks in half and she and Chewie grab Finn and they make a daring escape. If it wasn't sort of soap opera-y and like operatic and emblematic enough, they literally, the peaks separate between yeah. them. Yeah, it's 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 a big old it's 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 Wagner at this point, man. Um, so they make it back to the base. There's a lot of che- uh, cheering, except you know Leia and Ray share a look about like, yeah, Han totally died. Yeah, it bums me out. And Chewie just walks past her, which made me a little sad. I'm yeah. sure it's sort of we don't have time for everybody. Well, he didn't get a medal either. Uh, you know, <laughs> I did really like the moment when Han dies when you cut back to to uh, the Rebel base and you see Leia feel it. Because she's sensitive mm-hmm. with the force, yeah. Um, and I, I, I would love to like, I'd love just a line from her saying like, "Yeah, I never had time to train. Like, uh-huh. I knew I could do it, but like, I, I don't, you know, I don't have time." Um, well, that I would like, be cool. I like kind of reminding people that she's in the mix yeah. because I, I did find a lot of people like, "Why, why would Han Solo name his son Ben? Like, he wasn't even close to Kenobi." And so, yeah. It was the mom's only hope. Like, a lot yeah. of people seem to forget that she's part of the equation at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's understandable given her screen time compared right. to Han's. <laughs> like, Ben Solo is definitely more Han's son than Leia's daughter. I mean, Leia's son in, right. this, in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah, look look which one of them we spend more time with. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see more of that. Hopefully we'll see a Leia and Kylo Ren scene later. And yeah. that'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be a lot of fun. Get let let Carrie Fisher flex some of those acting muscles we saw in Thirty Rock, um, <laughs> but yeah, then uh, they then R two magically fucking wakes up yeah. and is like, by the way, I had this map the whole time. Like BB eight <laughs> had the other half. We could have done this like forty five minutes ago. You you could have sent you could have sent Ray. Uh, you could have sent one X. I guess they needed to get Ray back. But why does she have to be the one to fucking go? <laughs> like just send some random X wing pilot. And be, he can just be like, hey, God, hey, uh, Luke, I don't know if you've heard or if you have like a radio out here, <laughs> but things are not going awesome. Uh-huh. Um, so can you come back with us and help us fight some pretty gnarly ass evil? Um, well, I mean, like they 
obviously they didn't express it as a story point, but but where do you stand on the uh, on Ray's heritage? <laughs> Like, do you oh, think okay. she was going out to meet her father? And that's oh, why it was okay. her. Let's have this fucking conversation. <laughs> um, yeah. So during Ray's vision, well, the, the whole time Ray's talking about how she needs to get back to Jakku for the whole first half of the movie. Um, and it's that's that's the whole that's the whole thing that's going on is uh, she she's saying my parents, my family's going to come back for me. They left me here. And what we see in her vision is presumably uh, fat suit Simon Pegg pulling her away from her parents as they leave on a ship. It did sound like that voice. Yeah. yeah. And we don't know who her family is. Um, and I really, really hope uh, <laughs> that it's not Luke. Mm-hmm. I hate this. I think it's fucking dumb. Um, I don't want it to be anybody. Um, uh-huh. I know it's going to be somebody because they've set it up as a mystery. But sure. like, God damn it! Can can everybody? It'll be Kurt Russell. <laughs> I would love that. Um, like, can everybody not be related to somebody for just a goddamn minute? <laughs> like, like I like I like Ben Solo. That's a cool idea. Uh-huh. Um, but why can't Ray just be some other backwater scavenger kid who found the Force and is you know? I mean, but then again, fucking Luke was Anakin's kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but an Anakin was a virgin birth because everybody, everybody's some kind of fucking chosen one, like, <laughs> and I hate chosen ones. I, uh-huh. I I don't I'm not at all interested. I can't imagine a payoff that would be good. Now there's there's a lot of speculation that uh, that uh, he that that the, 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 I actually read a, a friend of mine on Facebook had this theory that yes Ray is Luke's daughter and that he gave the map to uh, Max von Sydow to be her Kenobi basically. Mm-hmm. And that explains why he would have a map to himself and who made the map. And I like that a lot. Um, and then maybe it just lines up with the map to the first Jedi temple that, uh, that the Empire was working on. So we can, again, we're, we're, we're like jigsawing together a good story out of the pieces we've been given, which aren't bad. They're just woefully incomplete. Right. Um, and we're, I'm not having to do as much work as I had to do with like Avengers Age of Ultron, um, which really asks a lot of the, the viewer. Sure. Uh, but I still don't like the amount of work I'm being asked to do. Um, I mean, what do you think? Who, who do you give a shit who who her parents are? Uh, I mean, it wouldn't like disappoint me if she was just some random character. I think yeah. that would probably be a more realistic. Well, that's a silly word to use, but yeah. you know, it's a more interesting option in terms of broadening the universe. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first time I saw it, I sort of assumed that's what they were getting at. Yeah. And I think part of it is that this seems largely on the nose. Like, I'm not picking up a ton of subtlety for this movie where I would think, like, that they would do a double fake pivot. Yeah. Like, they seem to hint at things and then they happen. In what some if she's, like, degrees. Lando's kid or something? <laughs> that would be something. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> I mean, the, the second time through when I was looking for it more actively... Um, uh, the only new thing that sort of stuck out to me was, I believe after her vision, uh, she's, you know, uh, talking with Maz about it and Maz is like, oh, you know, it was your grandfather or, you know, it was, it was Anakin's lightsaber and then Luke's lightsaber in so many words. And now it reaches out to you. Like she specifically names the lineage, which felt a little bit 
directed yeah, to me. Yeah, she's, she's Luke's fucking kid. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. Oh. It would be an interesting twist if it was well, anything else. Well, there aren't else. any other important people for her to be related <laughs> to. Like, process of fucking elimination. It's not 3PO's kid. Right. Like, what is it, Wedge Antilly? That would be kind of cool. Like, bring back Porkins. fucking... Yeah, bring back Wedge. I love that. Well, the guy who played Porkins is dead, so we can't, ah. we can't bring him back. Oh. But I would love it if the guy who played Wedge came back and was uh-huh. like, hey, um, guess what? <laughs> I just I, I all signs point to Luke and I I hate that idea. But then again, it, it it's it seems like she was living on Jakku with her parents for a while before mm-hmm. uh before they left. So like what was Luke doing there? I don't know. Yeah. I don't fucking care. <laughs> I don't care at all. I don't oh god. <laughs> Just everybody stop being related. Like the gal again, it's the same thing as the the problem you have at the Death Star and Starkiller Base's proportions. Like the galaxy f- shouldn't feel small. Yeah. And everybody being related makes the galaxy feel small, and it bugs me a lot. So yeah, you you kind of touched a nerve with that question. <laughs> it's like, are there non Clintons that can run for office? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody get ready for President Chelsea. Uh, it's gonna happen. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that's Star Wars. She comes, she makes it to the first Jedi Temple. She sees Luke, and then she kind of freeze frames, handing, holding out that lightsaber for fucking longer than anybody <laughs> should. And that's the whole thing. Um, so it's kind of, I mean, we're we're like one one medallion ceremony based on uh, Triumph of the Will away from uh, from 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 A New Hope. Yeah, um, you know. So uh, that that's that that's the movie. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, I mean, I, I think that was pretty thorough. We covered it. Yeah. Fun. Thumbs yeah. up. Fun, thumbs up, qualified thumbs up. Yes. <laughs> like, you're going to have to do some work to make this good. <laughs> and it asks you to, um, and I resent that it does. I imagine it'll make a great watch when it comes out and right before the next episode comes out. I think the next movie is going to make this one better. Mm-hmm. And I think I trust them to tell a complete story. Um, I'm ex- I'm really excited for the next one because Ryan Johnson's directing it. Yeah, and Ryan Johnson is a better director than J.J. Abrams. <laughs> and then we get Colin Trevorrow for the third one. I love Safety Not Guaranteed. I do. Yeah. I really love Safety Not Guaranteed. So I'm hoping it's uh, you know maybe a lot of Jurassic World was sort of called by committee and out of his decision making process as such a newcomer. One hopes. And so you know my dream scenario is oh it's the director from Safety Not Guaranteed who has proved that he can handle that many working gears yeah. of working with and ten Jurassic effects companies World, at once. Jurassic World isn't the worst movie in the world. That's true. It's <laughs> it's uh, I will give it that. <laughs> yeah, it is not the worst movie in the world. It is maybe not the worst movie of 2015. Maybe. I got a little tipsier than I meant to watching it, and it was fun. Like, when the third act was all kind of a blur, except for big dinosaur fights. Yeah, that's actually what, what Jurassic World would have been good for, is, like, if it had come out in, like, mid-late August in that weird genre movie Dumping Ground. <laughs> like, like where they put movies like Dread, and Dread's way better than Jurassic World. Yeah. But, uh, like, I would have, I would love to just down a couple of whiskeys and, like, watch that. Because that movie's, the thing about Jurassic World is that movie's fucking mean. Right. Like, <laughs> that movie doesn't like you. Yeah. It doesn't like women or plot economy. It's <laughs> it's angry. I don't know what made it so angry. I mean, when kids are that actively dumb, yeah. it is like uh, they kind of deserve to die. They absolutely deserve to die. <laughs> um and like when when the movie's like having the assistant who like through no fault of her own lost the kids just like get tortured to death. And then swallowed... Like, she's going to be digested Sarlacc style. (laughs) Like, she didn't get chewed up. Like, think about that. 
Like, she's going to get crushed by fucking esophagus muscles. <laughs> that woman's going to die the worst death you can die. Maybe she'll drown in saliva. Look at the bright side. God, I would be inhaling liquid. <laughs> like, oh, that's, I hope she smothers for her sake. It's so horrible. Maybe it's like an Akira. She'll just get crushed and it'll be over quick. I hope so, man. I really hope so. I think about that a lot. Anyway, that's not the movie we're talking about right now. Uh, last thing, like I said, I, I I would take Starkiller Base out of this movie, save it for episode nine, replace that with some character moments um, and flesh out the geopolitical situation. Give us a five-minute scene. I mean, the, the, the things that I would do to this movie... Um, kind of would add probably 10 minutes of screen time. And there's some reshooty shit um, that happened. Mm -hmm. Like, all that second act stuff, I think part of the reason that feels so muddy is because it's reshoots. Oh, really? Because originally, it's in the trailer, there's a shot of Maz handing the lightsaber to Leia. Oh, yeah, I heard about this. And then, uh, I guess Leia was supposed to hand it uh, to Finn um, somehow. And so, like, that that, that whole, like, uh, Finn running away thing, I feel like that was tacked on to cover up some stuff that we don't necessarily know about. Mm. Um, If you guys do know, like, please write in uh, Facebook.com slash Refried Reviews. We'd love to hear from you. Um, And uh, Moz disappears, which I do hear sort of factored into it a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I heard Moz was supposed to, like, come back to the Rebel base with them, but they realized there was no real reason for her to be there. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. That I, I think that's. I think that part just fell apart because they tried to fuck with it too much. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, it happens. Um. But yeah, it's good. It's not great. It's good. I'll probably see it again. Yeah. I'd probably. Uh, I'd say maybe it was like a nine as an opening night movie, and maybe yeah. like seven and a half as yeah. a. So do you feel like it's? Movie? Do you feel like it's rewatchable? Thumbs up. Thumbs down. I thought it. It held up certainly. Like yeah. the there was no big glaring like this this plot makes no sense like yeah. I, it still moves briskly along where even if you notice a lot more the second time through yeah. there's really not a lot of time to think about it between the the pew yeah. pew i see my the pew pew <laughs> i see myself coming back to it like if i'm sick one day and i'm just laid up on the couch and mm-hmm. i can and, and i can pop it in on blu-ray i'll absolutely watch it then i think it's an awesome like comfort food movie because where it succeeds is the same place Avengers Age of Ultron uh, succeeds is the moments that it gives you are great moments. Mm-hmm. There's just a lack of connective tissue. The problem is worse in Age of Ultron, but uh, there, there, there's not enough connective tissue there. Well, I um, also think that uh, A New Hope has some wonkiness and some weakness about it that, oh, yeah. that is very much aided by the movies that follow it, and it yeah. sort of helps launch the world. And I, I could see this being very much considered that, yeah. like shown sort of setting a template for how much nostalgia versus how much new yeah. stuff. And I think the next movies are going to make this one better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to take risks with the next one that they couldn't take with this one um, because they've, they've bought some capital. Um, I mean, Ryan Johnson being involved in the story phase is, is an interesting development. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's he definitely fantastic. seems like someone who would be bored by retreads. Yeah. And uh, JJ said that he read the script and this is, this could just be PR speak, Sure, but he read the, he said he read the script and then regretted turning down the second one. Wow. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I mean, I'm glad he get kind of glad he did. Cause for his sake, like he, he had like panic attacks every day for the last year. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Cause he's such a star Wars fan that he was like, if I fuck this up, Oh my God, <laughs> like I'm not gonna be able to live with myself. Um, you know, he'll turn into, I don't know, George Lucas, um, the sad, broken fucking Howard Hughes, Ebenezer Scrooge motherfucker who lives in Skywalker ranch. Do you think he can like walk in public? Do you think people give him shit? Like, I hope not. In a TMZ kind of way. He doesn't deserve that. Like, I agree. Like movies are not 
I was talking to somebody about this yesterday that like you can't make the mistake of of uh of mistaking an aesthetic sin for a moral one. Like people who make bad movies didn't do anything to you. Uh-huh. Like they aren't hurting us. Like the whole George Lucas raped my childhood thing. No, he's a guy who had an idea and then he tried to tell more of the idea and he fucked it up. Right. That's it. Like you didn't like the new stuff. That sucks. Yeah, it hurts. It hurts me too. But it, you know who else it hurts? Fucking George Lucas. Uh-huh. I feel like I've been seeing it pop up. We're in a all few... sad now. <laughs> <laughs> in a few different articles, sort of the, maybe with the rise of geek culture, this is becoming more prominent, but sort of the idea of this, this weird psychological feeling that you're owed. Yeah. By like, I've put all this time into it. I told people to watch it. Yeah. Well, why isn't it delivering on the deal? Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, 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 <laughs> But I did everything right. Why doesn't she like me? Um, like, You're saying these are nice tokens? Yes. Uh, these are nice tokens. Um, yeah, no, the, the, the creators of these things don't owe us anything. Um, you know, they, they don't owe us a good story. They don't owe us another story. Um, and we can choose to turn around and just go do something else yeah. if we want to. Or we can start telling our own kinds of stories. You know, if you feel that fucking strongly about it, pick up a pen, go buy a copy, copy of Final Draft, and <laughs> yeah. crank something out that you think would be cool. Definitely. You know, um, that's that's the only real antidote, I think. <laughs> um, or you can go on the internet and complain. Yeah, that makes me feel better. Yeah. Um, or if you disagree with any of this, complain at us. Um, we'd love to hear from you. We've been talking for about two hours now, so I think it's time for us to be done. I agree. I guess it's, uh, it's on me to pick the next one. Mm-hmm. And uh, since it came up earlier... Um, I am going to go with, uh, actually, to, to pivot back, I could be a dick and, and make us watch a prequel. Oh, <laughs> what if I did that? Oh, that'd be horrible. You might you might end the podcast. Um, I mean, I'm, I've seen them once, so at least there's that. Yeah, no, you won't have to watch them twice. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. I think we need to get away from Star Wars, but I do want to stay in the George Lucas family. And you said you've seen Wet Hot American Summer before. Not Wet Hot American, American Graffiti. Summer, American Graffiti before, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, let's, yeah, we're going to watch American Graffiti. Okay, cool. Because um, I I haven't seen it in forever um and then uh then we'll, we'll see where we go from there I'm, I'm really really interested to revisit like what george lucas thought he was going to be before he made star wars yeah um all right that's it guys uh well we'll talk to you in a couple weeks all right thanks